to sell some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 36 of Model Club TV. 36. You didn't do the math, fingers. Oh, well, that's good. Enough. I can't. I don't have six fingers on either hand. <laughs> I'm not a deformity. <laughs> oh, man. How are you, Scott? I'm great. You're Thanks great. for asking. We just, you know, it's wait, Christmas time. Wait. You can't see this. Maybe you can now. Oh, yeah. What happened to it at work? And, uh, yeah, got a little scab. But you had a senior citizen fun. accident? Is that what happened? Or was it like. No, it, it's a trip over something that I probably helped install accident. <laughs> so it's. Do you have to push your life alert button and go, I've fallen? <laughs> I can't no, my, the guy I was with said, I never saw anybody get up so fast. And it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, there's a car coming down the line that I don't want to get like pinned under. So it's like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad you're okay. You can here shit. to record this episode. I'm so glad. I can't fucking wait. So our mystery guests for this week, Scott, who are they? It's Mike Kelver. And? And as a special, what would we call them? Special oh. guest stars. Uh, we have a longtime friend of Model Club TV, Paul Gill, and his partner, Mark Van Tyne. When I say partner, I'm business partner. Paul's happily married. Yeah, that almost went sideways. So okay. I don't want that to go wrong. Um, <laughs> But uh, so we have Paul and Mark Van Tyne. Mark's a garage kid. Well, they're both garage kid veterans. And then as a special guest star, because um, Mike will be making an announcement, uh, we have Jeff Yeager again. We just finished the interview. It went, it went really well. With all those yeah. people on the screen, I was really worried, but it, it went really cool. So stay tuned for that. Well, yeah, we'll try to get through our bullshit and <laughs> we're going to keep it as quick as we can. <laughs> but this is our big giveaway between Black Friday and Christmas. We had some really cool stuff from uh, Mark Worthling to give away. And are we ready? Do you want to do this now? We can, but before we do, let's thank Mark again for the two donations. And um, Mark, again, another supporter of the show and uh i don't think it's mark so much i think it's his wife shanna that supports us i think mark just lays there has a couple beers and blah, you know and, I, you know. and i pushed my right. button pestilence labs is up there whatever you say honey yeah okay but seriously thank you for the witch kit to give away thank you for the monster from young frankenstein to give away and thank you to ed riley for the afm magazines and yes. to jamie sigh for the mummy figure and thank you to Jason Walker for the monster, the it, and I'll show you what the mystery kit was here in a second. So, can I thank myself? Is that wrong? Yeah, thank whatever you can. Yeah, right. You can thank yourself. Just don't spank yourself, okay? Not on not on camera. Okay, not on camera. I, I can live with that. <laughs> anyway, I have spanked a many person though. If we go back to the trap. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Traveling bondage is coming back in. Uh, the Pestilence Labs button keeps coming up because I forgot to turn it off. Look at that. Anyway. Yeah, Pestilence Labs has nothing to do with this traveling bondage. Yet he is willing to learn. <laughs> okay. All right. 
I'll be down in Florida soon. So, anyway. <laughs> Whoa. Let's give away the witch first. Let's. Let's do that. Let's give that bitch witch away. I've separated everything into three buckets. So what everybody said, if they said they were in for all three, if they just said I was in, I put your name in everything. If you said I only wanted in for the magazines and the monster, you're in for just those. So make it a little easier this time. No one's going to double win though, right? So if you pull someone, nobody is going to double win. So if you won, you're only going to win one thing. Good call. And the top prize. This is for the top prize. I think that scene in the Blues Brothers when the car drops. Holy shit. Who? Who won the witch? Rob Madison. Rob Madison. Friend of the hobby. Friend that it couldn't have gone to a nicer guy. No, no, it could not. Wow. Rob Madison, you got the witch. All yours, buddy. Wow, I feel bad for all these other people. I got an idea. Hang on. Uh, so the witch is going to Rob. Now I have the young Frankenstein cup. It's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Man, I'm you, glaring. Hold on. You are glaring. You're always glaring. <laughs> oh, it's my screen that's glaring. Here, that's what I should do. Hold on. I'll I'll be mixing while you're there. Oh, now I've got the haze. Purple haze. Okay, here we go. All right. This is a YouTube name, so I don't know who it actually is. But Hee Haw 138, you have won the monster from Mark Worthling's Pestilence Labs from Young Frankenstein. Hee Haw. Hee Haw. Hee Haw. Yeah. All right, watch this. 
All right. What, what are you mixing resin? Yes, pretty much. Okay, now we have the magazines. So for the magazine, you're also getting this monster bust. You're getting this it. This is the the prize box. You're getting. Who printed the it? What's the it from? I want that. It's on. There... It's on CG cult or cults 3D. I think you're getting this mummy oh. from Jamie Sai. And I don't want to. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, so that's why I'm keeping it. I haven't cured this yet because it came off the printer this morning. Um, you're gonna get one of my favorite things I've printed this year. The Wolfman. Oh, the werewolf guy. Yeah, the werewolf. The Wolfman. The Wolfman. There you go. 3D printed. 3D printed. And you're getting those two kit builders and them AFMs from Ed Riley. Thank you, Ed, for all that. All right, here we go. Oh, wait, I kind of looked. Steve Schultz is the winner Steve of Schultz. the prize pack. Sergeant Schultz. Now I'm going to take. I see nothing. This. Now this is everybody. Everybody. Who entered everything. Need somebody. And here's how we're going to do this. And I haven't even told Scott this. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting here going, what is he probably going to be mad at me. Okay. I'm going to give away a 3D print of anything that you can find on CG Trader that our friend UL winner sculpted or uh, whatever. I have one character, so, you know, he has a few things on there that are multi-characters. I'm looking for one character. Now, if it's a piece that has two characters on it, like, um, there's a few of them up there we'll show. Yeah, that's okay, you know, but what I'm saying is... One character. Um, one character. One. So if it's Fred Flintstone and Barney Rebel, it's just Fred or Barney, not both. Those aren't on yeah. there, but I'm just saying. Get the idea. All right. Here we go. The winner is. Oh, no. Marty Nero. Marty Nero. Marty. The oh, winner. Oh, and I already have Marty's address because I just sent Marty a box. Oh, no. Not, oh. Well. Oh, well. All right. We'll figure it out. All right. This person. This person is going to do. Let's see. I'm going to print. I am going to print the blade kit. That I showed earlier in the year for this winter. Ready? Ready. Ready. Here we go. Here we go. Mix it up. Jeff Lamont. Jeff Lamont. Jeff Lamont. We'll get the blade. All right. That's our giveaway. I hope so, everyone. I know. I know. A lot of people didn't win, and I feel bad. But I know. I wish I could get something. We added those on at the end because I feel bad. But you know what? I might save those. I'm going to keep those. And when I feel like giving away a random thing, I'll pull out of that thing that people don't have to end. All okay. right. So that's a lot to give away. But we have a new giveaway for next episode. Yay. What do we have? What? We have from Jason the... Walker. Tell them what they can win. From the lovely Stan Arts people. Some of my favorite fans of the show. So um, David Stan has gone and added and created a Luke's... I don't want to say the word. 
to add to his Tauntaun character, uh, look at the picture. So there is now an add-on for that kit. If you would like to change the person riding this monster. Because I have a feeling YouTube looks up words, so I'm trying to like not do stuff. So check out these pictures. If you, the only way to get this kit, and I'm going to show you what it is. I have it in my hand. Is the rider of the TT that got stuck in the stomach of the TT? Riders on the tongue. And it also, I'm not even going to open this, but it's a bag of some, I think, 3D printed stuff and some sculpted pieces. This is a great add on for that kit. Now, here's the catch. And check out these great paint jobs of the Tauntaun as well. I think there's some other new ones. I'll put some up in the gallery at the end, but I got some pictures of the in progress of this and this. Um, I don't want them to get a C and D. So that's why I'm trying to be very careful about this. Um, I don't think they have, but Tauntaun. Um, the only way to win this and the only way to enter this for this kit is either a send us a picture of your built up of the one you already have. B, send us a picture of the kit in box in your house. Or C, a screenshot of your receipt from buying one from them. Uh, of the already Han and Tauntaun. And then we will send you the Luke. So that's how you enter for that. We'll pull from that group of people. If you already own this, that's a way to get this for free. Or are you already own the, the previous version? This is a beaut- Like, dude, seriously. It looks just like him. He nailed the likeness on this so well. And uh, I don't want to open this. I don't want to open this. But the, the, the parts don't in here are awesome. It is a, like, this is one of the most beautiful garage kits, I think, in the last 10 years. It's like dead on likeness to the characters and the creature. And you have a new thing for it. And they couldn't have been nicer about this and sent this in for somebody. And I really hope someone takes advantage of this and adds this to their character. Cause it's a, just an easy swap. Boom. Change characters. So this thing's gorgeous. Simply gorgeous. Gorgeous. So, uh, if you want in for that, please email us a picture. Like I said, of your buildup, or your here's the email address modelclubtv at gmail.com your build up your kit inbox a picture of it or a receipt that you had just purchased the regular kit um and then you'll get entered into the drawing for the add-on for the luke Oop, there we go um it's beautiful they did a great job and they are the like two of the nicest people in the hobby and please support them yes they are this is fantastic and they're going to be at Wonderfest this year. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. It's going to be cool to meet them. But they're going to hate us when they meet us in person, probably, and this will change. To know us is to hate us. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's it. Awesome. Really awesome. That's our giveaway. I hope everyone's kind of happy. If you lost, I'm sorry. I tried. No one lost. You're a winner if you're watching Model Club TV. You are quick on your feet, sir. Um, you know, that's why I'm getting the big dollars and... You're over there editing. Going, uh, we put up some pictures and it was Kendall Conniff's witch buildup that we shared. And it is one of the best buildups. He added some lighting to it 
And there's a quick little video we had in there. Kendall Conniff, thanks for sharing your witch buildup uh, as well with us. And we'll put it back at the end of the gallery too. Um, but thank you for sending those pictures in. Great buildup, great little details um, that you added in there. It's beautiful. Well done, sir. Well done. All right. Okay. News and reviews, Scott. We have uh, from Paul Gill and William Paquette from Son of Sheer Terror Society, the new... Oh, no. Scott, read it for me. I can't read it. Burial Ground. Burial Ground. I can't see the thing. Oh, we got it. Now I got it. Burial Ground. Great, creepy-looking piece, as William Paquette can do the best creepy anything. Um, Cool little bust. Contact Paul Gill. And check out Sheer Terror. Son of Sheer... That is the hardest thing to say. Son of Sheer Terror on Facebook. Mumbles is back. Mumbles makes a Christmas And I'm not even drunk. And did you put the Paul Gill button? Did you hit the Paul Gill button? <gasps> Paul Gill, Gillman Productions on Facebook. But this, I need, now I need a Son of Sheer Terror Society button. Son of a bitch. I got to make buttons for everybody. Not terrible for you. <laughs> but check it out. It's a really cool, nice little piece. It's a reissue, I think, right? And beautiful piece william is like the best at creepy and just gross and i love it uh next up scott we have from mark uh no nope. from mark worthling i was gonna say yeah mark. from mark worthling so. you only say his name 20 times i know before. god damn it uh, next up <laughs> but it's from troy nahar too nair troy mark okay mm-hmm. do you let's have you say it all right next up scott what do we have You mumbling fuck. Okay. Uh, so next up, we have the next uh, Jaeger Army exclusive, and it's a companion piece to the Karloff Black Cat piece, and this is the Lugosi character. Um, you think I would have done some research and give you the name, but we'll put it up here. Um <laughs> But I anyway. think you know what this may be the first time, and we're—I know people are going to be mad at us. Scott, have you seen Black Cat? Some of it. <gasps> I have not seen it. Wow, I have it on my DVR because it was on Spanguli. Yeah, like two I had months it, ago. me too. I had it on there, and I keep and falling I asleep I when I try to watch it because I've got a problem, and it's not the movie's fault. It's when I sit down; it's like I have a switch in my ass. <laughs> My eyes close and I fall asleep. So, um, yeah. But I'm looking forward to this one. Um, again, Lugosi in a different, you know, not in a Dracula outfit is always, um, you know, it's interesting. Little turtleneck and, uh, yeah. You know, so this will be available, I think, after Great January, companion piece. Mark they said. look really good together right next yeah, to each we'll other. Yeah, we'll get more info on this. Um, we just got the pictures yesterday. They just announced it today in the Jaeger Army, I think. I can't wait. Maybe no. tomorrow. I'll but, do a live fact check on us. But by the time you um <laughs> see this episode, uh, they will have released details. So, so now that I'm going to sound really smart, Doctor Vitus Vitus or Vitus? Oh yeah, you sound real smart, Doctor Vitus Werdegask. <laughs> From the film The Black Cat. So, Dr. Vitus, Vitus, where to get? I'm slaughtering this fucking thing. Boy, you God. sure? You know what? You sound smarter every time you try to say this. 
Oh, that's the worst. Dr. Verdigast, that guy. Bella Lugosi, great piece. Uh, there's this one, too. I have this picture of Bella from the movie. So let me save that. Um, great piece. Great to see they're doing that. And hope it does well. What's this Godzilla go-kart doing up here, Scott? This is an old model. What do you got it here for? It's an old model. It's a reissue. It just came out. Um, I got my four copies from Cult TV Man this week. Again, I can't say enough about Cult TV Man's Hulk, service you, or anything. What are you doing with four copies of that? It's just because that's me. Um, Polar Lights reissued this back, I think, in 91 or 92. No, 99. I don't know. Somewhere <laughs> in there. Anyway, they didn't have the rights to use the word Godzilla. So they just released it as the go-kart. And they took the back fins off by the parachute and everything and the artwork. So this is the first time this has ever been reissued with the actual full artwork and use of the name Godzilla's go-kart. And I, I have to say, and even on the Atlantis Godzilla reissue, Aurora, they made him put that god-awful Godzilla logo on the front and just kind of ruined the look of the box a little bit. Um, none of that on this kit. Um, the box is what you see minus the order online at culttvmanshop.com. That was just me giving them a little plug. That and that's where I stole the image. But hey, what I pre-ordered two things from there. That okay. pre like how you taught me how to do the pre-order but not pay thing. Yeah. So yeah. the fly and oh shit, I totally forgot what the other thing. Anyway. Steve's awesome. And oh, one cool thing about this, too, is it comes with some decals. Oh, the Meta Luna Mutant. For the helmet. Oh, okay. This comes with, and we should show that here. Yeah, but anyway, put that up. We'll put up pictures. This, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm boring him again. This comes with um, some decals for the helmet if you want to use decals. The details there if you want to paint it, but you can decal it up. There's a Godzilla power decal or something that can go on the um the engine or whatever. And then the difference between this and the Polar Lights one is the Polar Lights one had chrome parts that were molded, like the engine parts were all molded in chrome. And not molded in chrome, but chrome plated. Yeah. And anyway, this one is all molded in green, so you can do what you want. You don't have to work around that chrome plating or strip it or I whatever. I built one of those for somebody once. They hate this. Yeah. So anyway, 30 years ago, this would have just made my cockles happy. But um, <laughs> Thank God there was an Olds on that. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. The next I'm going to show... A few kits from our friend Well Winner that I mentioned earlier. And we have Touche Turtle and Dum Dum. <laughs> and we also have <clears throat> uh, Rough and Ready. Now, little trivia for you because you're an idiot. I believe Rough and Ready was, was one of the first, if not the first, Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Okay. And, um, so there you go. There they are. And, uh, 
I really like the way, well, the rough and ready, the way he engineered that. Notice that front wheel isn't attached, kind of like you'd see it in a. Um, yeah, so it just sits, it hovers in a over cartoon. It. Yeah. It, it just sits there, but you don't even really kind of notice it because, you know, of the way it's engineered yeah, and I stuff. Like so I don't know. I just I love this guy's work. He's also put out a set of. They were called the Mighty Heroes. So one of our Here, listeners, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wants me to put his name. Actually, I think commissioned him to do these. Oh, really? I did yeah. not know. That. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not going to say his name just in case, but because they so, he sent me preview pictures of these a while back. Wow. Okay. So yeah, we have Strong Man and Cuckoo Man and Rope Man and Diaper Man. Yeah. Cool. So um, those are available on CG Trader. The <laughs> I want to be Diaper Man. I'll do that for you are Diaper I'm Man. I'm going to do that for Halloween. And, and again. I, I want to personally thank everyone that has bought files from this gentleman because he's awesome and I love his work and um, he's, you know, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of his and I recently printed something for uh, Sean Nagel of uh, Frankenstein Jr. And he just was so happy with it. So um, again, you know, if you, if you want some of these printed, talk to me. I'll see what I can do. I'm a little backed up now, but after the first, I should catch up. Metamuso works. And um, yeah, well, you'd know. I don't have that problem. No, because you drink so much alcohol, it just flows <laughs> through like milk chocolate, melted milk chocolate. So anyway, our friend, well, winner. All right. Uh, for uh, As far as news and reviews, other things. Uh, I just want to give a shout out and I mentioned it in our interview that we'll have coming up, uh, on Netflix, there's a show called arcane. If, and it's probably for people younger than me. And so you won't watch it at all, but it's an animated show and it's based on the video game League of legends. And the, it, it's the most beautiful animation I've seen in a long time. Great character design, great story. Check it out. It's a like, Oh, it's one of the best things I've seen in a long time. And I really, really like it. So check that out and uh, we gave a shout out last episode to tony's new class oh yeah let's do it again and um so let's give tony another shout out because it's actually out now so it you know it's it's ready for download and i can tell you just by looking at it just the first episode is almost two hours long so oh, wow all right I, I think you're getting a lot more content than you did in the first class um but he just kind of dives in where the first class left off. Like, you know, kind of what's going on. So I think you still you need that would be one. helpful to buy the first class and, and kind of go watch along with that and then do the second class. And, um, you know, and I think Tony has some of the files in there. So you can kind of, if you have ZBrush, you can follow along. And if you want, I think there's still a 30 day free trial for ZBrush. So if you want to try it out, there you go. Yeah. But that Tony, um, Tony's a lot of fun. We we talk to Tony a lot. Tony's a lot of fun. That brings us to the workbench. The workbench. Which that what that what we were just talking about, that 3D sculpting class brings me right into what I want to talk about. I purchased a drawing tablet screen thing. That was recommended by Rob Madison a while back. Uh, the Huon 
but I got the one step up because it was like a flash sale. So my next step into getting into trying to do sculpting uh, 3D digitally is uh, now I got to get ZBrush. Which is, that's the big purchase. That's the big one. So I just wanted to get the first thing I wanted to get under my belt was I wanted to get 3D printing done and I figure out how to do that um, and then get the tools and then I'm going to get that. So eventually we'll see what happens. Uh, my FDM printer is going great. How's yours going, Scott? Great. In the box? Mint? I haven't had any failures yet. <laughs> Other than trying to get the damn thing built. Oh, man. All right. What's funny is I keep buying stuff for it. You know. Oh, yeah. I'll buy this belt tensioner. Oh, yeah. I'll buy this sensor. Oh, yeah. I'll buy, you know. And yeah. uh, I haven't even opened it yet. Actually, I'm hoping tomorrow. Yeah. You said that uh, last episode, I think. Yeah. And I still am. <laughs> it's the holidays it's crazy i know and that's you know what let's real quick even though we're on workbench next episode it, it it's between christmas and new year's episode 37 so we will it'll probably be an abbreviated episode it, something shorter um just scott and i and because we don't to try and get a guest on for that episode will be kind of tough um have you built anything else you work on anything how workbench no Hey, what about that big Galuna? What's going on with that? Damn it, dude. People are going to murder you at Wonderfest in Louisville. If that thing's not ready, you're going to get murdered. You know that, right? Yeah. Hope you can learn how to cast because you're going to be here. (laughs) I'll come help. Listeners, I will come and help Scott. This is my offer. I will go help him do whatever to get this thing out there. So I'm I'm out there. I'm ready to go with it. Um, I'm still working on my one commission. Like I did get some paint on them. The baseball guys, uh, I got a base coat, but he wanted me to change the collars to more of the old ones. So I took, I sculpted over the collar that was there and then added the up collars, like from the 1918, like kind of uniforms. So that's what I'm working on. And I'm way behind on that sucks, but we'll see. That's the workbench. Oh, and Oh, on the FDM printer. You can see behind me, I started, I know it looks really boring now, but eventually I told you this was going to be all filled. I've been printing these uh, paint holders that go on the pegboard. They're really kind of hard to see, but they hold like your typical Vallejo style dropper bottles. They hold Jesse's garage kit color, garage kit US colors. They hold those upside down as well. They hold, um, com art paints upside down like they it's it's perfect for what that is uh they also i've been printing they make ones for craft style paint like comma uh the apple barrel or whatever and they make ones for uh citadel paint pots so i've been working on those and i eventually want to just kind of fill this up and rebuild all the studio so that's about tamaya well the tamaya's paint Oh, probably not. Wait. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> Dude, look at that. Tamaya fits right in the craft paint one. So Tamaya does fit in that. Perfectly, actually. Right in there. So these are really useful. These were free on Thingiverse. So uh, i just been cranking them out. It takes like seven hours of pop. And that thing of, oh, yeah. Dude. When you print on Thingiverse. Yeah. I'm going to make you feel like an asshole now. Are you going to make me do math? No. God okay. forbid. 
No, after you butchered saying that guy's name after you were reading it, I'm going to make you do math now. <laughs> I know so, what you're going to ask. Actually, I think I know what you're. So when you when you buy the when you get these things on Thingiverse and they're free, there's always a thing on there to tip the person. Yeah. Do you tip the person ever? Do you? I have not yet, and I say yet because now that these things I know they work and they work really well, I am going to go back and I'm going to try and do that i because you can keep re-download again so that's probably what i'll do they ask you to tip when you download so i think when it comes to stuff like this that i'm gonna use a lot i am definitely gonna do that uh because those people i know they there's a lot of hard work that goes into that stuff so mm. if it's something that i know works well and after i've printed it i've used it and it's i definitely gonna go back and tip those guys so it's after it's really different than the resin printing i've harder I did print something. I don't know if I want to show it though. I printed a Chun Li. It's from Street Fighter, and it's the most okay. ridiculous thing I've. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold We're on. Pausing. We're pausing now. Why Dickweed goes to get his Chun Li waiting on the Dickweed. So, <laughs> so for kids my age. Street Fighter 2 is one of the greatest video games of all time. Like, I used to go to the arcade and we would get in like tournaments where you have to put your quarter up on the machine and you fight the other guys for hours and like you take over the machine if you win and then the next challenger comes up. And so Street Fighter is like a special place in my heart from being a kid. And someone, he released, it was on CG Trader, but I just saw him do something else. So I hope I got it from the right guy. But I checked their names and they matched from the guy that was trying to do it on Fundraiser and the one that's on CG Trader, it was the same guy. So I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, Chun Li is one of the fighters, and she has in the game really big thighs, like because she kicks a lot. So she's these really. But this guy, he overdid it so much that makes it to me just absolutely awesome. And it's done in animated style. I haven't. I'm touching these barehanded, which I shouldn't be doing because it's not cured all the way yet. But it came in two versions: a bikini version and then a training suit version. But here's her legs. <laughs> And this is her torso. Look how tiny. And I haven't been like, it's just, I love this thing. And she's kind of caught. She's like kind of stretching her arm the way she's handed and her Why hair. Why are you carrying this stuff? What are you doing? This is her. Wait, let me get close. I, yeah, I saw it. Look at the ribbons. Like, yeah. The ribbons are just. And again, to those that are not fans of 3d printing, yeah, try casting that. that in a resin. Look at that. I think this to me, so there's two versions. I printed both now, so they'll stand next to each other. But it's just thick with two C's, and I love it. And that brings okay. us to our interview, Scott. Uh, we had the honor of having Mike Calvert, Jeff Yeager, Mark Van Tyne, and Paul Gill on the screen all at the same time, and it didn't go off the rails, <laughs> which I was really thinking I was afraid with all those people it would. So it's kind until of we a, signed off. Yeah, we signed, signed off. off. Then it went off the rails. Um, but it's a little shorter than our normal interviews just because there was so much. And I wanted to kind of, we're going to have everybody back individually at some point and just go like a little, so it's a little surface, but there's some great stuff. Mike is announcing Scott. We don't want to say what he's uh, announcing, but we'll have him do it. We'll let him announce it. We'll see it. Yeah. But there's a great kid announcement in there and. And how to get on the list. Yeah. How to get on the list. will be in the episode. So enjoy the interview with it. Uh, our lovely guest. All right, we are back, and we are here with Paul Gill, Mark Van Tyne, Mike Calvert, and Jeff Yeager. This is going to be <laughs> either a glorious disaster 
or just okay. But I'm I'm guessing glorious disaster. Jeff, who? I I I can see disaster. Yeah, I, I think so. Right uh, now, if I it's it's never right really gone front. off the rails, and I think today could be the day. So that's good. Well, we want something to go off all, the rails. Can I mention all of the hair? I mean, gee whiz, look at this. You know, we're we're like three weeks away from being ZZ Top here. Look at this. We can I got do my it. hair dyed. Especially Everybody, for- <laughs> here's a Morris Karloff. <laughs> so let's talk first. Jaeger Army. How's it going? Happy everything's like turned out the way it has? Because everyone here kind of has a hand in that. And just talk Jaeger Army, guys. Well, first of all, the I I, I avoided Facebook and the internet and all that stuff. Uh for the longest time because I saw that it, it was rotting my children's brain. And uh, I know mostly I, I didn't have time for it. I mean, I, I, you know, as you guys know, I scope 15 hours a day and uh, I just thought, well, I, I just don't have time to, to uh, oversee a site or to build it or all the stuff that you had to do. And, and uh, Paul was the one who, who contacted me and said, you know, I, what, we got to do this. We got to, you know, well, let's get together. We got some guys and we'll run it for you. And you don't have to do it. It's a vision, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told you that. I said I was thinking about it for months. Like, I didn't think you would ever do it. Well, you, you know, you- I, I was hesitant at first, but then you, you, you called it the Jaeger Army. And I had to say yes, because, you know, I like <laughs> the sound of that. You, yeah, you coined that. You coined Jaeger Army. Which uh, I thought was either great or going to get me assassinated. But so far, so good. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. In today's day and age, you never know, right? You say army, yeah. like, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like nothing. My aurora heads had swirls in them. I know your address, Mister. Oh man! All right. Oh, I got your address, pal. Right here. <laughs> right here. Oh yeah, box. just pop that up for everybody to see. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for the help. So far uh, to date, how yeah, many kits have come out under Jaeger Army title? Um, we did the Black Hat first. Then Mark and um, Troy did the... Um, Dracula? The, the Dracula. The right. Jack Palance. Jack Palance. And then... And then the new one. Did we do the new one? Yeah, okay. then the new one. Okay. I think it's just... I think it's just. Like, oh, so. I got something. Yeah, we got... Let me, show, let me get something. We got something. The <laughs> next awesome. one's going to be really good. <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, the we Facebook group is very active. So if anyone who doesn't know about the Jaeger Army, go to Facebook, look up Jaeger Army and join. It's all dedicated to sculptures that uh, Jeff has made. And there's some great stuff in there. Like there's uh, you'll see the same kit 15 times, but it's always painted different and they always look cool. And it's nice to check out everyone's interpretation of that stuff. So it's Isn't that interesting. It is so, really cool. To I see mean, that you can really uh, I mean, sometimes they can look like two different sculptures with uh, you know, but with, yeah. with the choices people make and the lighting Absolutely. choices they make, and it's just fascinating to me to see people putting their own spin on it. So much talent out there. There really is so much talent. I, now, I, as I've mentioned before, I, I don't really, I, I don't like like everything, and you know, I, I don't spend a whole lot of time doing that because it, literally, I would not be able to get off the site, and I would not <laughs> be able to do any sculpting because there's so much content, but the talent is fantastic. I mean, I just love it. It's just one of my favorite things to, you know, when I'm taking a break is to browse through there and see what everybody's done. I, I'm just so impressed with it. Mark, do you feel the same way when you see your stuff, the same thing? Like when you see other people doing the same thing, the same kit, but two completely different paint jobs, you're just blown away by that it too? Is, it is pretty fascinating. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, Jeff didn't 
I started out as a painter, just, you know, fooling yeah. around with it. Um, yeah, so I love looking at all this stuff. And then I get to watch Paul work, you know, I get to see <laughs> his stuff as he's progressing, which is always, to me, even the most interesting part. See that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love Paul like one of those bartenders you know, behind the bar who flips the bottles up, except he's like <laughs> flipping molds and he's playing rock and roll and he's like juggling. So we're talking about the next Jaeger Army um, release. And um, like you said one time, uh, Jason, you know, Mike Calvert ups the game all the time and makes some cool stuff to go with the kits. And uh, check this out. I don't know if you can see it. Though. You get in there. All right, wait. Pull oh, it over I a little it. bit. Oh, oh wow. Okay, All right. Look at that. Look and, at that guy. And Mike, Mike sent me a photo of that, too, that we can put in here as well. You know, okay, I mean, cool. and, then, and then he, look, you got J and D. You probably haven't seen this movie, Scott. I'm sorry. Hey, you know uh, I, I haven't. I, I, <laughs> the J and D, and, um, and then on the back, the coaster, it says the thing. I mean, this Cool, man. You That's know? gonna be cool. Mike, you are a wizard. Yeah, you Mike. Really like, are. I am so happy you're doing those little, those little like trinkets that go with the kits. That's awesome. He really has. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I just think it's important to have some, you know, just some accent pieces that kind of add to the kit because, you know, I, I always try to create something that I would like to receive as a kit personally. So, and I think a lot, you know, in the late '90s, whenever I kind of almost got out of the the hobby again. Um, you know, some of the kit producers at that stage were starting to include some nice bits and pieces. And I kind of thought, well, that would be the natural evolution. By this stage, it should be kind of at this point. And I think I think people people appreciate it. I mean, I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, so. I mean we, we don't I, do I it do. because they really do. We, 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 we sell so many damn kits, different kits. That's the problem. We could never keep up with we've, doing something for each kit. We've done it, but it's been, you know, whenever we feel like like. One of my favorite things to do is I have time to make the little keychains. Yes. You know, yeah. we had the big yeah, yeah. flip. The exists. We had the, the, the little wolf inside the moon that was part of the, uh, the poster for American Welcome. No. Yeah, American Yeah, Welcome. I will do stuff yeah. sporadically. Um, like but we won't do it all the time. It's just too much. Uh, speaking yeah, of accents, we didn't even mention mm -hmm. this. We are. <laughs> the span of this fucking thing right now is ridiculous. So we have Ireland all the way to California, and Mike, you're Scott, currently Scott's in Canada, uh, and Scott, yeah. Yeah, Scott's in Canada because he's Canadian. <laughs> I'm in Canada. He Great. might as well be. I see him that much, and he looks like. <laughs> but uh, wow, this is pretty cool. So, where in Ireland are you, Mike? Um, I'm just outside Belfast. So Belfast, for those who don't know the geography, Ireland is kind of split into two countries. So I'm in. North Ireland, which is part of the UK, but we, you know, we're part of the the one island of Ireland. So um, each of those countries has their own capital. The capital of Northern Ireland is Belfast, which is kind of where I am. I'm about sort of 10, 15 miles from Belfast. Have you ever uh, done any bare knuckle boxing? That's what I want to know. Are you by still? I'm not past the age of eight, unfortunately. <laughs> so. And you're supposed to get me some like rocks from Loch Ness, right? Uh, that's Scotland. <laughs> Loch Ness is Scotland, Paul. It's not that far. Not oh, that far. It's just a ferry. <laughs> just that a ferry true. right away. Uh, he calls you a ferry, awesome, Michael. Uh oh. <laughs> Put him up. Put him up. <laughs> my, Mike, how thick is my accent? Is it super Chicago-y? Like yours is super Irish-y? Do I sound uh, ridiculous? Irish-y. To be, to be <laughs> honest, a new word. 
I couldn't tell you were from Chicago. Yeah, but Jazz is like perfect. movie, like a movie, like a, hey, you know. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, American English. So yeah, real quick, let's just do the times, Mike. What time is it there? What time of the day? Is it? Um, it's it's just gone nine p.m. So it's like nine thirty. Okay, East Coast, Paul. Sixteen twenty-eight. Okay, that's so four thirty. Four twenty-eight. <laughs> And then Jeff, you're how far in the path in the, uh, there you go. 129. All right. Wow. So Mike, what's going to happen in the future? That's what we need to know. We can place some bets. Uh, well, you got to tell them? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's going to cost some money. I think. <laughs> He's from Belfast. Yeah. You that, there you go. The pipe. You got to pay. <laughs> so we'll we'll be gotta, definitely working a little bit more together. Um, for certain reasons, good reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Paul, Paul, and uh, Mark, what do you guys got coming out? What are you working on? Well, you These saw that you saw the hatchet. Yes, very uh, cool piece. Swamp killer, whatever. Swamp. But did you saw the faces? Right. Yeah, the faces. We're gonna have them up here. We have your split faces on the bottom. <laughs> the kit. That's a first for me. That's the first time you're doing a self portrait. Really? Yeah. Never okay. Did. Well, I mean, I painted and drawn them, but not even that often. Yeah, this is the first time I ever sculpted a. The only other person I ever sculpted that I know like that well was um, Saul. Saul okay. Alvarez, many years ago. He's one of the dead bodies on one of on a base. <laughs> yeah, but I'm gonna oh, be I'm gonna be doing Mark Wardling here pretty soon. Oh, oh, I'm really? sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he's gonna do that Godzilla box art thing, but he wants one. Of, he, he's gonna make a second head, but he wants it him like inside the the, the costume. So oh, wow. take, take, I, I think I should just do them from the like the nose up because that yeah. neck, you know, comes up so I just like like, where, like where's the oh, idea? Let me no. let me just say one one quick thing about that. Yeah. The fact that I only sculpted the profiles and didn't have to sculpt both sides of the face was so liberating. It was easier. Yeah. I, I swear to God. I didn't oh, yeah. have to worry about symmetry. You've been half your time is spent on symmetry, which is why, and this is a great segue into our next. Uh, I was just going to say it too. I'll bet you. I was just yeah. going to say it too. Computerized sculpting. You, there's actually, you can push sure. a button and you'll sculpt one side and it automatically sculpts the opposite side. So, they, I mean, you actually have to screw it up on purpose just to make it look <laughs> natural because otherwise it'll look too cookie cutter. But, you know, being, having an eye for symmetry is half the battle. For an artist so mm -hmm. that's solved i mean you know it's also a curse for me if i see something off by like a millimeter it drives me insane and yeah. i can tell that this side is like oh well the, the you mean digital or clay or both well digital you can solve that problem immediately but clay no, i'm yeah. in him oh me like if i see a picture hanging on the wall and it's off by like just a little bit i can tell and it drives me nuts or if i'm drawing hey, your, your a rectangle and i'm putting like if I'm just putting like a picture frame inside of something, I can tell that it's off and it drives me like, that's why I don't have any tattoos. Cause I'm afraid that the guy's going to do it like wrong. And it'll be like a millimeter. Off, and for the rest of my life, I'll go insane. Looking at my arm going, Oh God, I'll carve well, it out. No, they got pills you, like, for hate that. that character they got, after a while. They got, they got pills for that. I, I need those pills. No shit. <laughs> um, well, and I learned, you know, uh, Tony Cipriano had a ZBrush class, and um, that's one of the first things, you know, Tony's always turning turning on symmetric uh, symmetry. 
And it's just amazing um, watching it. And like you said, it, it's it's half the battle starting at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'll have to go back and adjust it. Right. At some point, but. Well, you do because nobody's face is that symmetrical. I mean, you'll never exactly. get like this if you, if you, but I mean, you know, the heartbreakers is, you know, you've finished a piece and you're, you've done all the tiny detail and then you're looking like one eye is like, you know, a, a, a 30 seconds of an inch deeper than the other. And you got to go, God, damn you got to, you know, do it all over again. So. Hey, I've got a lazy eye. I want to see somebody sculpt that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, how, does, how, how do you size things with that? Like, I was thinking, like, if I tell Jeff and Mark, let's do a quarter scale, they basically make it quarter scale. But how do you tell the um, the computer to get it that exact size you want? That oh, kind of... That's um, easy. That's, that's easy. Uh, you just, you just choose it, and you could just... I mean, you can basically just like... So you could... Shrink it on the screen, and that'll be the size. That's yeah. a okay. oh, bigger screen as opposed to small screen. Plus, when you go to print it too, you can print it. You know, sometimes I get something that if I print it, it's only going to be five inches tall. But if I blow it up to a hundred percent, then it's going to be ten inches tall. So you know, you can play with it that way too. I, I've had that problem a little bit when I see something; it's hard to know how big it's going to come out on the printer. So you can import a, an STL file of a ruler that's to scale and then put it inside when you're looking at it and then say, oh, okay, it needs to be this tall. There's this, like, that's an easy way. For dumb it's people a, like me, it's an easy way. To just, so like, what do you, J- Jason, I, we, yeah. ordered the, um, we ordered the Mega 5K. Nice. My thing, my thing is, is that I saw some people, he was doing like rows and rows of miniatures and I'm saying, shit, like if we do hands or hard parts, yeah. you do rows and rows of those, and that, those would go it's right. The way to do it. I mean, yeah, you can basically, like this. you can sculpt it like an egg and then push a button and cover it with texture, and suddenly it's a rock. Yeah. It's yep. cheating. It's yeah. just straight so, up cheating. It is cheating. Up with these weird things because I was telling Scott I don't have a plan, but I ordered all this equipment. We spent like a million dollars, and uh, <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a million dollars. You should have spent that better, actually. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. Save some Obviously. money for your children, man. Save some money for <laughs> your children. But I, I, we're going to try to make this work with play. Like, I do not want to go full digital. I, I think that for doing that, it's, it's boring to me personally. But, like, if we could incorporate the same likenesses that these guys are doing and do some of the base parts or the, or the, or the difficult parts, or if you want to put, like, a little whatever, you know, that's what it would be good for. And that's how we – I. And certainly stuff that's a pain in the butt to cast, like tiny, you know, filamental things that that would be just impossible to do uh, casting wise. You could you could print those out as long as you're careful with them. You know? Like if you had a you, would, you, would you want that printed first, like like design the part and then work the sculpture around the part, or vice That's a good question. I uh, thought about that. I I think it would probably depend on the piece. I mean, how how intricate it, it would be to the size of the piece, and I mean, I guess you can change the size if you want to, but um, a lot of times, what Sideshow used to do is they used to send me the bits and pieces so that I could incorporate them in the sculpt, and I could, you know, have them the right size for the mold. This is in our own ballpark too. We could just work on all of it at once. If you're thinking maybe, well, you know, I got to get that hand 
at least established so I can figure it out and then yeah. sculpt the rest. And then you don't have to bake the clay. Yeah. Right after you're ready. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool, right? Like give the hands, finish the sculpture, start the sculpture, you know what I mean? Hands are done. Well, I tell you, um you know, the the only thing that you can't really do on its own yet is you can't really just like pop in a number and and make a like so that's still my wheelhouse for that is still for the moment safe although i gotta tell you it's changing rapidly i mean you know joe simon's just breathing down my neck in terms of likenesses man <laughs> that guy has just gone oh well this is my this is my wheelhouse so he's you know he's really doing good stuff now were you just saying that you can't type in next no he's saying like you can't push a button and say i want I want a Bella Lugosi. I'm going to push this button. There's his face. Right. You can't yeah. like pop in a picture and say, yeah, three dimensionalize that and just have it suddenly appear. I mean, but you you, that'll happen. That's but what will happen is, like in your case, Jeff, <laughs> you could sculpt a Bella Lugosi. And then next time someone wants a Lugosi, you can take it and then maybe change it a little bit or change the mouth or the expression. But you might have the base Lugosi to go off of once you, you know. That's you are the sculptor. Of the I don't have to do it one more time, Jeff. You'll have to sculpt a Lugosi one more time if you put what? it in the computer. One more Karloff. <laughs> Where, where's the fun in that? Yeah. But, but I, I, I also agree that the clay sculptures, the stuff like that Jeff does and the stuff Mark's done over the years, it, it's, it's still got a little more life than a lot of these digital sculpts. But I'm with Jeff as well. It's catching up. Okay, it is, it is, yeah. it is catching up. I like the idea of seeing garage kit guys incorporate both. You know, um, whatever it is. You know, if you've got like you said, some intricate, like a candelabra or something that who the hell wants to cast it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it it's there. It is. You know, yeah. print ten of them at a time. You know, and at the end of the day, it really is still even with full on digital. It's still the artist. Uh, the, the artist's take on things. Uh, you know, you need to have the ability to step inside the character and, and you know, choose a moment mm -hmm. in time. And um, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the kind of stiff stuff that you, you, you used to think was good or people used to buy, they don't buy anymore. I mean, you, had a, you mm -hmm. have to have a take on something that's, you know, like uh, Paul had a great idea for the Superman where, the, you know, he's pulling his, uh, his uh, shirt open, the Keanu Reeves, mm -hmm. uh, Christopher Reeve character is pulling his, his shirt open and you've got to have that kind of those kind of moments um that really uh show character and movement and, and get people excited yeah speaking <clears> of <throat> so like a, a market for things uh in ireland is there a huge garage kit business like a hobby are they there or like are you shipping all over the world versus to people yeah, in I, belfast i would say 90 percent of the kits that i do um go to the u.s um <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them Go to England. I mean, there's kind of like two. There's two other guys that, that I know of in, in Ireland who who collect kits, and it's always been that way. It's always but that's been that what we, we were talking about. So we're going to work some things out, so it's less stress for you. And we, you know, we we have some plans. Okay, hmm. right, Mikey. Well, we've got it. We've got it. I mean, I I don't know. Are there are there, There's not a whole lot of cinema. Uh, well, it's changing though. I mean, there's more cinema coming out of Ireland, but I don't see a lot of horror or uh, classic monsters coming out of Ireland. And so, once that starts happening, I mean, you you have to have 
the fan base there. You know, you have to have the love of the characters. For some, I mean, everybody loves the Hollywood stuff, but you know, we've seen it. So when Ireland comes out with its, you know, unique, you know, my, Michael O. Myers or whatever they're going to do. Michael O'Myers. Oh, man. <laughs> you got like was it shillelagh they call it or... <laughs> yeah you know, yeah. I, yep I, I i hesitate to do the the, well, the, the irish irish joke because, uh, you know i always was terrified <laughs> from the disney movie darby o'gill and the little people that I banshee it, yeah. at the end is terrifying yes that thing's awesome to see, see that's not like... an irish movie that's an american movie. it is an american movie but set in ireland there you go yeah, but I mean, I don't know whether it's insulting to, to the right. people from Ireland if they if they just go, ah, we saw that. What the hell is this? That you know, what did you do? And, you know, that that's a stupid <laughs> accent. <laughs> With Sean Connery, he was in there, right? A Scottish guy. Playing. Yeah, a Scottish guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's probably the biggest insult there. Um. <laughs> so, Mike, what do you got coming out? What's what's new with you guys? What's new at Typhon? What what's uh, well, coming up? Since Jeff was sitting here, we'll we'll talk about the piece that Jeff has just. Uh, well, he's, he finished it quite a while ago. He probably finished it two, maybe three months ago. But um, I've just had a lot of stuff going on, and things have kind of slowed down a little bit. So it's going to be a January release, and it's going to be the. Uh, I think you guys actually featured it a couple of episodes ago. Had a picture or two up um, of yeah. Nelson Pat. Very so, cool. So, um, I just think it's important to, you know recognize some of the people that maybe didn't get a fur crack at the time. And so I think she was kind of overlooked for a number of reasons. And Absolutely. We really just wanted to kind of tie in. I mean, the creature is obviously a huge character as well. It's, you know, it's got a huge fan base and uh, very popular. So I want to kind of tie that in with Millicent as well and, and just kind of give a nod to her because I think she deserves it. So That's um, a very beautiful piece. If you've seen it, I mean, it Jeff is- just... Uh, Thanks, man. Yeah, it was a great it was a great choice that you made. And I think it's a great choice to do the the makeup artists with their creations. I think that's a great line of stuff. Uh, we, we should do Roy Ashton, we should do uh Your brother Tom, Tom Sabini. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Awkward. Yeah. Uh, I do my brother? <laughs> if you had to, right, hold on, if you had to do your brother, which which would be his creation that you would put him with? Well, it's got to be Freddy Krueger. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Freddy Krueger. I, I, I'd probably ask him, and then I'd check the, the likeness with him every five seconds. He'd be like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know that plan we had for Christmas at our house? Yeah, that's all. That's all. <laughs> How was this, what, did he create Chucky, or the design was given to him, or what's his involvement in Chucky? He, he, he got a very simple drawing uh, done by, I think, by the producer, Tom Holland, I think, did that, I, although I'm not sure. Um, and it was kind of like, and I don't know whether he personally did it or he had it done, but it was kind of a, uh, just a sketch of a doll that was kind of, you know, a nice guy doll, um, uh, a, just a generic kind of thing. And, and they had the, the suspenders and all that. And from that, uh, Kevin put his own spin on it and uh, created what you see in the film. And then, of course, when he turns mean, he, you know, he made all those choices. So the, the, the look of the, the Chucky doll is all Kevin. And the Chucky's the, a little bit more relevant now than Freddy at this point, yeah. you know? Well, I think, I still think Freddy is so iconic. I mean, you know, and, and Kevin didn't do the first movie, so he didn't establish the, the burns on the face, but his Freddy is the one that everybody recognizes because the first Freddy was so much in shadow, what you don't see is it looked like somebody just threw spaghetti on it, you know, because <laughs> they, is, yes. they, 
yeah, they didn't do a very good job with this stuff, but Kevin really, you know, researched the burns and things. And uh, so his Freddy is the one that everybody kind of recognized. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool that he, he did something that's so embedded in the culture now. It's, you know, 100 years after his death, they're, they're still going to know who. Yeah. So I have a question for Jeff, and it's going to pertain to to Mike and Paul. Since the first time we had you on, a little over a year ago, wow. I still think one of our best watched episodes. So you're good for the ratings, Jeff. <laughs> um, there were a couple pieces that you've done, you know, since then that just really impressed me. The Karloff Black Cat piece, the um, any of this hammer stuff that you're doing for um, his name is Paul. Paul, Paul, yeah, that's Paul, Paul, <laughs> Paul, Paul, yeah, the guy with the beard with the shades. And then um, the Imhotep that you did for Mike is like one of the favorite things I've bought in the last year. And it idea? was like, and it just seems like when you get some of this fresh stuff that you haven't done a hundred times. Man, you can just tell you're really into it when you, I mean, is would you say that's accurate? I'm not saying you don't get everybody 100%, but I'm saying that just seems like, man, this is new and I'm going to try this and and just, it's, they're beautiful pieces. They're I all, get excited about stuff I've never seen before yet because I know that uh, I'd want to have a copy. Of it. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, I work extra special hard um, on stuff like that because I know that, uh, uh, I want it in my own collection and I don't want it. it it's like, you know, when you talk about mm -hmm. things being off and, you know, if, if I don't sculpt something well and it's sitting on my shelf back here, it bothers me. Every time mm -hmm. I come in, I have to go, I can't look at it. So it just kind of ups my game a little bit to do something. Okay. Like that. Mark, same question. Idea, what, what, yeah. what do you like to sculpt when it's, when it's like in your wheelhouse, what's your favorite thing? Well, when I'm sculpting, it's always the thing I'm sculpting is my favorite thing. And that's like, it's a, it's a mind game. I've always played with myself. You know, I get so into the thing uh, that it becomes, you know, like when I, I sculpted uh, Elsa Lanchester many years ago. And then when I was sculpting it, I fell in love with Elsa Lanchester. I thought she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen, you know, when I was sculpting it as the bride. Yeah. And I did, that's how I, it keeps my interest into those things. But if I given a choice, I do love a lot of the universals, although I haven't sculpted as many lately. Um, I love things with fur. Yeah. I especially love King Kong. Um, and, but yeah, I like werewolves. Uh, I especially love werewolves. And even though it's been a long time, superheroes were my thing for a long time. Um, Dude, I've got, yeah, I've got your, well, I've got your Daredevil kit you did years ago um, for Jayco. I have. You, you've sculpted two of my favorite Bowen pieces that I have, the man thing and um, Mysterio. And um, the Mysterio was one that I didn't even pre-order. And when I saw it sitting on the shelf in the shop, I was like, this thing's beautiful. I got to have it. So I just bought the one they had. Um, and then I, I got to give you a shout out too on the uh, first of that series that you did, the Pretorius bust. Was just I remember looking at that going, wow. like this, yeah, this yeah. one, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Really that was good piece, an important yeah. piece, for yeah. Me. You know, and that's I remember really too. Uh, I think it was Ray Harryhausen bought the set painted from you guys um, at Wonderfest that one year, and they were on his shelf till he died, I believe. So wow, that um, is yeah, very that that cool. was that was a monumental time when Ray showed an interest in those and came over and. Like he when he picked up the the bride of Frank, you know, he looked at her and he goes, 
Boy, that's Elsa. And I'm thinking, he probably knew her, I guess. He probably yeah. did, right, at some point. And it was just the way he said it. That's Elsa. He didn't call the bride. That's Elsa. And well, she uh, was originally cast in 1 million BC, but the fur was too itchy for her. So they, really? Yeah. No, no, of course not. What are you kidding? <laughs> she would have been a little older. But... I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you see her out there with a spear, like those little furry shoes? <laughs> The Pretorius was um, a monumental piece because I struggled with facial anatomy. I was a painter, you know, an illustrator before. I still am. Like, but uh, it's amazing how what you can work with with reference on a face and you know like the three-quarter view and you know generally what eyes and stuff look like, but you're, you're, you're remembering what you've done in the past. When it came to sculpting, I realized that I didn't act we know the depth of things and reality and it took years and the, the Pretorius was really monumental it was the first time I did a face that I was like I like that and, and, it, and it showed people bought that speaking of being an illustrator the kits that you draw the little pictures on the bottom of I, every time one of those crosses through here Mark when you put your little, the little sketch on the bottom it's, it blows oh. me away it blows me away I'm like I, you're one of those illustrators that I hate because you can do so much with just so few little yeah, lines. And you're like, I'm like, ah, oh, it's so simple, but it's so effective the way you were drawing Well, you know, that counts as an extra, Jason. It does. Like, it totally does. It does count it as an extra. Totally yeah. does. But I don't Something think people, people know they get that. If it comes, like, like uh, it's a surprise when it gets there. It's really cool to see. And it is totally. I, I used to do more of them. Uh, I just, it's too much. Yeah, I think people yeah, it's and it. And it wears me down. It just. It does. Um, some of them, some of them now, I, I've simplified and given. Mike, what's your favorite subject matter? When it you do a lot of universal stuff, but is that more because you know people are going to buy that, or is it something you really love? Is there other types of characters you love to put out as kids or haven't done yet? Universal stuff would be definitely my favorite. Um, so it's kind of it's great that it sells well, as, you know. Also because you know it's a kind of win win for me because I just I mean I, and I try to do just what Jeff was saying, you know when he. It's refreshing for him to do something he hasn't done before, even though they're characters we've all seen. I try to always find that niche that maybe hasn't been tackled before, like with the Emotep, for example. Um, but I love Japanese stuff, uh, you know, manga and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so I do kind of hoard a lot of that stuff. And <laughs> certainly when I got into the garage kits, Brian, my, my partner in Typhoon, Brian, who is this kind of elusive character, Brian doesn't do. Um, social media or the internet at all. So, Smart guy. Um, Sometimes you can see him like in the background playing an organ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I get uh, the same but, question when he's done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian kind of introduced me to Billiken back in the day and all that kind of stuff and to Scooter and these companies and I was kind of like, oh shit, look at this stuff, you know, because I was, I was a massive Star Wars freak. Um, Star Wars kind of led me down the path into kits because I think the Screaming kits were some of the first that I bought um, and I leaned towards the Star Wars ones and the uh... so yeah, oh yeah right okay <laughs> that was that was bought if he turns that on and it goes through Mark's head we're going to have it all on video oh yeah <laughs> Man, if I was better at special effects that would be cool <laughs> yeah I bought that in St. Mark's Comics in uh, New York, probably 94, 95, something like that. Where? Oh, wow. Uh, St. Mark's? St. Mark's. Well, we used to go oh, there. We used to go there all the time. 
Yeah, because I, I would have went back and forward to New York maybe three, four times a year just to buy toys, kits, whatever. Um, wow, you are a fan, my my friend. I, I, I traded I traded toys back in the day. That's kind of another kind of one of my leads in the kits was um, I did a lot of toy trading. There's a guy called Brian Samling. He has a company called Brian's Toys. And he's probably, he's arguably the largest uh, toy trader in the world at the minute. But um, in Brian's own words, I kind of gave him his inventory to get started. So, and that's that's a true story. I yeah. went back and, back and forward. Brian lives in Wisconsin. Well, he certainly did live in Wisconsin at the time. And um, Behind the cheddar just, curtain. Sorry? Behind the cheddar curtain. That's a thing from around cheddar here. Never curtain. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah that, that was kinda... here because they're famous for cheese, and yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a cheese mafia, so yeah. you know, yeah, there's a whole yeah. other ground, you know. And they can't drive, either, realize, so you do realize there's no, there is no real cheese in America. You, know, you realize that? I just, I just <laughs> Wait, came what? to a realization here, and uh, maybe the three you want to four you want to touch on this in that you guys all were in the hobby early. Then kind of went away for a while and then came back. Now we kind of know Jeff's story. You know, John kind of coerced you back in and, and got you going. Um I let's let's start with and, and Mark's Mark, well, even you were gone for a little while and kind of came back, you know, with Paul there too. So why don't you two start? Like, you know, you're gone for a while, you came back. What brought you back? Let's let's ask that. What brought you back? Yeah. <laughs> um, seriously, what brought me back was um, the end of a relationship and the fact that I found myself in a really bad situation when um, some of the hospitals I worked in in New York started shutting down. And I just kind of was like, what the hell am I going to do? I was living up in the mountains in the Pocono. And it just hit me like a light bulb. And I was like, Dottie, remember me? Paul! I was like, you want to make kids again? It's like 13 years. He's like, sure. So I got in it with Joe Ladotti, started producing the kids, and then um, I started talking with, with Don Diaz. Um, I called him up out of the blue. Hey, John, how you doing? And then I eventually it was like, well, where's Mark Van Tine? He was amazing. Oh, Mark's living in Jersey. He's working here. He's doing this and that. I was like, screw that. I'm living here by myself in this house now. Um, so basically, I found Mark. Do you want to come live in the Poconos? He was like, Yeah, whatever. So <laughs> he, came, he, he came up to live with me, and um, and that's like how Gilman Productions restarted mm-hmm. um, through adversity. Actually, so did you follow it? Did you still follow the Garage Kid hobby while no, you? No, because I was I had a, a beautiful career in New York City at, as a as a paramedic and EMT. Uh, mm. I was making good money, and I was always really a toy collector more than I was a bottle kit collector. So I was just fueling that fire while I worked. I had no time to paint anymore, which is a shame because in the beginning I was pretty good, and then I, I just stopped. You know, so, I mean that's 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 really it. How about you, Mark? Did you follow it still, even when you were? Well, kind of- I only had two short breaks, kind of one. When my son was born, mm-hmm. and we bought a house, my wife and I, and then, and then I picked it back up after, well, I became single again, and I, I felt like I needed something to do, and I started working with, more with John Diaz at the mm-hmm. time too, 
And um, that was when all that superhero stuff came out and then the Pretorius, a lot of that stuff, like the Pretorius stuff in particular, is something I did on my own. And it just came like, hey, let's try that. But then after that, there was another little setback in my life. And I missed a couple of years. And then that's when I talked to Paul. And, and I just kind of got back into it. And I'm probably doing the best work I ever did right now. It wasn't fast either. It was uh, it was a slow process. Um, I thought, in my mind, I was like, start sculpting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like, what? You ain't got like five things done yet? Reference. I'm a pain in the ass. I am a freaking pain in the ass. And um, I was slightly traumatized. <laughs> and I just, it was hard. It was tough to get back into it. We did that Caesar. That's the first one we did was I the think Caesar. It was Caesar. We That's did the great. That's a great um, piece, by the way, Mark. Thank That's you. really good. You know which one? I had to the one from the, um, is, we did two, but the initial oh, one was the, the, the new movie from the new. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, that's what. Oh, okay, okay, oh, yeah, 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 really good. That was work. his first foray back into the hobby. It had been like about three years since I really put any effort into sculpting, and you know, it, it was it was inevitable. It was inevitable. You know, it was going to happen. <laughs> I can't stay away from this. I mean, I, know. You know, I chose. I chose it when I was young. I chose the art path when I was young. Yeah. If I if I ever got sent to prison, I'd be like, you know, buying people's like old gum and stuff, so I could just like mix it <laughs> together, like make some sort of like. Oh, so, so in, in essence, super scopy. Yeah, it's so scopy. That leads to so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, well, boy, well, what do you do for this gum, boy? I would escape sexual escape sexual enslavement by like no I can do your portrait man but, but not, not if I can't sit down you understand yeah. what I'm saying <laughs> Mike how did you get back in huh? Mike how did you get dragged back in uh well Brian well I'll go to the start how I got into the hobby you know in, in terms of production um Brian was a bit of a an oracle of, of information and he actually worked in a, a factory close by where, where we live, and they produced um, some like resin cottages and this kind of stuff. You know, this kind of. So Brian had a real grip on molding and casting already. So we were way ahead of the game in that respect. So um, we met the guys from Fifth Sense Models. You probably remember. Yeah. Scott, are they mad at us from last episode? No. Who's it? Fifth Sense. Right. We're still on good terms. With them, I think. Oh yeah, no, we're all okay. Good. All right, we're, we're all, good. all right. So, Terry got um, us in trouble last episode. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll tell you off camera, but we'll yeah, tell you later. You. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike Hill was doing a lot of stuff back then for Fifth Sense, so we were kind of molding all Mike Hill's stuff and doing the cast. So, um, right about that time, we we decided we want to do our own thing, and we kind of got a lot of stuff together. We were going to be called Resin Relics, but just around about that time, we, we did a show over in Birmingham in England, and we had a Crouching Predator kit, and we got a cease and desist at the show by a rep from 20th Century Fox. So there was that, plus a lot of the pre-paint stuff started to come out in the late 90s, and it just kind of felt to me like the, the, the hobby was going to die, and we just kind of let it fizz out. We didn't actually take it forward. So fast forward 20 years, and I've started building guitars with another friend of mine, Chris, Chris Moore, and... Um, we come up with this concept for three guitars called the Three Devils. Um, we we're going to make them. Well, we, we still do plan to make them, but um, they're going to be made from Andaman Paduk, which is like a bright red tonewood. 
And um, I came up with this idea. We started talking about kits and bits and pieces and sculptures and this kind of thing. And I said to Chris, how cool would it be to have a quarter scale bust of, you know, representing each one of these three devils? So that was Lucifer, Leviathan and Beelzebub. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to have a, a look on Facebook, a look online and this kind of thing. And looked up some old sculptors, started speaking to some guys and ended up speaking to Ken, Ken Kidwell. And I think I sent some pictures through of yeah. the bust that Ken did for me for that. Um, so once that happened, I showed this to Brian and Brian's like, oh man, we got to do kits. I mean, the guy, this is still, the hobby's still going and all this kind of stuff. Because we just thought it was dead and buried. Um, and Facebook then just kind of changed that for us. And um, so the, the guitars are kind of parked over here. I've got like six projects that are half done. They need to get finished. For when I was looking through those pictures you sent to the guitar stuff, I love seeing other people's stuff outside of garage kits and the, just the craftsmanship on that. Holy cow. It's beautiful. I'm going to put some of those pictures up here. They just, I want everyone out when you guys are done, watch this episode so you can see these guitar pictures. It is just gorgeous work. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Acoustic, just beautiful guitars. Yeah. You know, everything about it. There is about wood. I got to tell you, man, you you, you know, the history of wood and how wood was. Don't don't get me started. Hey, pal, you go to prison. You're going to know about wood too. Okay. (laughs) You're going to bring a lot of gum. Okay. Let me ask a simple wood question. Mike, what's your favorite wood? Um, (laughs) Morning, morning. That's Scott, if you had morning question. wood, I'd be surprised if it's still working. <laughs> well, I'm going to be really boring and say it's it's going to be. Um, there's a Brazilian tone wood called kingwood, and it was the king of Portugal. Whenever they, whenever the Portuguese went and colonized uh, Brazil, he kind of seen this wood and he went, "I want everything I own made from this wood." So it became kingwood. That's, awesome. that's a true story. That's exactly that's awesome. how. No kidding. Wow. So it's a rose, it's actually a rosewood and it's absolutely beautiful and it makes stunning guitars. So uh, have you ever made one out of human bone? Uh, skip that, don't it? That's it. <laughs> my, my favorite wood question. is the dowel type. I don't know how they grow it so straight. <laughs> Every day. They are perfect. It's like the like the lollipop tree. That's kind of <laughs> yes, yes. But the, the, sometimes they're, they're thick. <laughs> That's Ooh, awesome. Don't go, don't go into a dark wood. place with that one. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, well, you were, you were, uh, some, you sent us some other of. pictures, Mike, of some, uh, like souvenirs and signage from around your area for the Titan. Do you want to talk about some of that for a second and let these guys yeah, know well, about that too? It's something that we, that Brian and I, you know, we, we talked about how um, we left the hobby behind. Well, Brian and I have always been friends. We've been friends for over 30 years. Uh, we both play guitar, which is how we kind of met initially. And then we realized we both love sci-fi. We both love, both love horror. And that's where the kids came into it. Um, so over the period where we, we weren't involved in the, in the hobby, um, we still wanted to create some stuff. And uh, so obviously the Titanic was launched out of Belfast and all that. Um, Bizarrely, a lot of people, I think it's a great thing. A lot of people here are almost embarrassed by it. It's like, yeah, but the fucking thing sank, you know? It's like, well, yeah, but it's iconic. It's, you know, so um, like Belfast, the Northern Ireland as a whole doesn't really take advantage of the fact that the Titanic, you know, was, was built here. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we kind of took the, the White Star Line and some of the bits and pieces we could find online and try to replicate those things. And there's, 
there's a new visitor center in Belfast now, which is actually very, very good, and they've got some nice bits and pieces that, um, on the lead up to the the entrance to the, the museum, uh, we try to replicate those, and then they have a souvenir shop and gift shop there, so we supply those guys with with the bits and pieces that we've, um, really cool. we've, we've created. So, yeah, so it's really just for fun, to be honest. There's no money in it. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's a labor of love because we we use all the the patinas and whatnot to make them kind of have that, <laughs> that look. So it's like ten, <laughs> 10 hours to make one piece, you know. And, yeah. It's Christmas time. Um, if Santa could bring you guys one kit that you've never owned, I guess it would be a grail kit question. Doesn't have to be one you sculpted or any like what's your if you could get one kit that you've always wanted this year under the tree, what would it be? We'll start with Mike, since you raised your hand first. Uh the Jersey Devil by Down Platt. That's a great answer. <laughs> Yeah. I need it. <laughs> uh, I need that kit. Anyone out there who has it, I want it. <laughs> I know someone that has one built and painted, and I don't know if he's sold it or not. I'm wondering if he still has it. That's a great kit. Paul and Mark, what, answer. I actually had an opportunity to get my original Holy Grail, and I've got that. Um, that was Jilded Daddy's King Kong on the, on the back of the T-Rex. Got that. So now, if I could have anything, it would be all the sideshow, um, the, one, the Barker Brothers. I don't know if you remember those. They had yeah, the yeah, each yeah. one, B-A-R, and it started out with Schlitzy, and then they had uh, the Screaming Bullet, and then they had Lionel. Lionel, yeah. And I never got them at the time, and I should have, because I was one of the, it was still new to me, and I couldn't, I was like, wow, they're more expensive than most of the other kids. Yeah. Now I think inside, I crack myself in the head. That's I thought the goal. same thing back then. I'm like, man, those are way it's for a college kid. I was like, mm. I can't afford this. There's no way. I I I just drew over those kids. Yeah, uh, those are nice. I don't know. I just love the concept. Paul, what would you get? Well, you know, if I wouldn't have been able to get those Billigan Gargantuas, because in the beginning, nobody knew if you'd be able to get them because they were very limited, but now you can see they're not. It would have been bad. But I was just talking to Danny Sharaka last night. And he asked me, are there any kids you're looking for or really want? And it'd be a Billiken Bride, believe it or not, for my Billiken collection. So that's pretty simple. Not okay. I knew it was going to be a Billiken kid. I just didn't know which one. <laughs> I had you one know, of those. I, was, I wish I had known you. I had one of those for a long time. Oh, yeah. dang. Life. Jeff, what it was used to be what the Billiken heads. You ever oh. seen those? Oh, my God. Here he goes. He's running up. <laughs> there he's- <laughs> we got him excited. If I could choose one from yeah. the dog's got the head in his mouth right now, going, I can't have it. What were you saying, Mark? Play this game here. Um, if I could choose one from somebody on the panel here, um, I've always loved Jeff's Devonian account. Yeah, I have the, I have the original curse. You mean, Jeff's Devonian encounter is one of my favorites. You mean that's Devonian encounter? Is yeah. that it right there? Yeah. That's it. I love that kit. And I never got that at the time either. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know if Terry's still carrying them or not. He might be. I mean, you could ask him. Uh, I always thought that was <clears throat> amazing. The design of it was brilliant. That, came, that actually be... came to me in a dream. What? Really? Ooh, yeah. You can't see I, these, right? Can you see them? Well, these are the Billiken heads. Wait, 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 wait. For what? They were just like. Billiken made these. It was Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, they're not that great, but no, no. there's something about <laughs> them. 
You can see what it looks like through that picture. Oh, look back a little bit. There we go. Steve, yeah. Oh, that's uh, what is that's Steve McQueen? Yeah. Um, look back away from. It. There we go. Elvis. Is that, is that, I can't tell. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard because it's so washed out. It's hard to see the the images. The, the Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow, yeah, wow. The head, the head stays on. <laughs> wow, oh, those bad. are really good. Jeff, which one would you pick if you could get one? One kit for Christmas. One kit for Christmas. Well, it's not really a kit; it's a prepaint. So I don't know. There if you go. That counts. That totally counts. Um, but Steve Wang did a creature uh, for a thing called Cinema Cat, which is stands up. It's a third scale, Maybe. so it stands about this tall, and it's freaking gorgeous i mean it is drop dead gorgeous and it's got the feet in the water and the clear red water and stuff and i mean he just knocked it out of the park is this uh, the one that he did as the sample when he was um, playing with monster clay in the beginning i think that i think that's right i think he did monster clay for cinema cat um and they you know i mean they they just cherry everything out i got a couple of cinema cat pieces i don't know if you can see there's a back there there's the um uh uh, Vito Corleone mm -hmm. there on the set, self next to Batman, and then over here, uh, Scott. Oh. we got um, uh, an Indiana Jones I did for them, uh, like way up in the it's in like the middle of the. <clears throat> so they they I mean they do just great great stuff, and and I've always wanted that, but it's like seven thousand dollars now. So. <laughs> That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> It's not going to be something I'm never going to own, but it's really pretty. Hey, hey you better hope you don't want it bad, Paul, because the price will start to go up on the skulls. <laughs> I remember when um, I went to one time. I went to uh, San Diego Comic Con. They had the video Vito Corleone prototype in a in a, in a display case. Cinema. Yep. Yeah, I never seen that there. Uh, the original. Yeah, that's a six thousand dollar now. Yeah. I mean, oh, I wow. think at the time you could get it for twenty five hundred, along with the Indiana Jones, and now they're just sky high. They did a Predator, right? They did a nice Predator. They did a nice Predator. Uh, Steve Wang did that one as well. Um, really, really great Predator. Uh, I just the creature, of course. It's you know it's Universal Monster. So, Scott, what would you get? That's my jam. But that's you know, you have to think. No, I do have to think because it, it's. There's so many kits over the years that I've tracked down and hunted down and gotten that it, it's um, Horizon. Doctor Your collection Doom. is probably no, no Horizon Doctor Doom. Oh, that's yeah, right. <laughs> it is nice. Your huh? collection <laughs> is probably Doctor. full of three shows. Yeah. Oh yeah, Horizon Doctor Doom. Oh. <laughs> Just suggestions. Just suggestions. Hate <laughs> it. Um. I don't even know. I, you I'm know, stretching my, I'm stretching my back, guys. That's those are I, cool. I yeah. think <laughs> I think I would go Jeff's route, maybe with a prepaint. And uh, I did like the sideshow Galactus quite mm. a bit. Um, and if Tony would ever finish that King Kong in the Empire State Building, that would certainly be a uh, grail. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yep. That's, what that's a beautiful right. looking sculpture. That is a yeah. realistic sculpture. Look, it even moves. It's really good. <laughs> oh yeah, that one Paul's got. Yeah, that's a little maquette. Uh... You know, that's the next. That's the next step. Once we get past this computer uh, image thing, is that you start to do sculptures that move. <laughs> I think it would be great to have like you, you would just have like 
you know, the wolf man and his, and you would have a little projector on, on the face that was like hidden in a tree or something. And it does the, the change from the, you know, from, from Talbot to, to the wolf man, or, or you would have uh, uh, Henry Frankenstein just going up and down slightly as, as you, as the sound goes, it's alive. It's alive. It's alive. And I think you guys, I don't think that down. would be that hard to do. I think someone should try that. I think so. I think we get so. a little, you get a little, little projector. Oh man! You can make in the equipment for the laboratory. Man, I think me and Scott were talking about that. Yeah. You know, right. for Frankenstein or any of that. With yeah, you hit a button, yeah. and you have like two things moving, and then all the like wheels and gizmos going on the light show in the background. <laughs> yep. It's freaking be awesome. It'd be expensive, but it'd be awesome. It'd be very cool. My, uh, mm-hmm. I would like future erosive Giver or Vampu. Those are the two I could never track down. Ah, Vampu. That's great. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, future for everybody. Where are we at? What's going on? Uh, most recent stuff. So we got the hatchet. What else do we have, Paul and Mark? We got um the Frankenstein. Oh, we I don't think we talked about that yet for the ha- the hammer. I, I got it right here. Okay. <clears throat> we need elevator music. Yeah, you part. can. You can edit that. Yeah, I know, I know. I <laughs> know. Is that a casting? No. Oh, is that the original? Is okay. anybody like, is it mine? <laughs> it's Jaeger Gray. No, where's mine? Where's mine? Over. Jaeger Gray. <laughs> um, the evil of a new paint color, Jaeger Gray. <laughs> it's getting, you know, like I keep getting, I don't tell him, but I get a lot of people, you should make this one next, you should make that one next, you should make this one next. I don't know which one to make next now, you know? <laughs> and um, then we got... um. The Frank Raquel Wells for 1 million BC. That would be cool. That's yeah, a hammer I mean, film. Yeah. We got the Fright Night stuff coming out. And then we're supposed to be doing the line of uh, Alien. It's us, those. Right. And then Mike is supposed to get into the, um, the we want to do all the soldiers for Predator. Predator, right. Yeah. want to do that line. So oh, that, wow. You know, nice. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. And yeah, I think the like idea, you have the cruise on the Nostromo, maybe later on the Marines, you know, try, I mean, only do so many of them. Yeah. I think the idea is that we do all of the human characters from both of those films, and then the final piece, the one that goes in the middle, is the, is the creature. So, like, the Absolutely. alien will be in the center, and it'll be larger in the scale, and then all the quarter-scale things around it, and same with Predator, we just do a big, big-ass Predator. Oh, but I know we got through. some stuff. Plan for Wonderfest. I know Mark has a. I can't talk about it, but it's going to be an amazing project. Um, yeah, that's Wonderfest. my problem. I can't talk about the stuff that's not a lot of it unless <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just my being hall. But no, it's the um <laughs> the, the fright night. We're going to continue that because the eighties okay. was very popular, so we're going to do that. Oh, yeah, the, the main four, which is not, which is really always been weird to me because when you talk about the main four, it doesn't involve the star of the movie. Charlie. Yeah. Charlie. <laughs> you know, Charlie, Mark, you know, Billy's a friend of mine. Wants so <laughs> Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. Nobody wants a Charlie in the box. Charlie. So, so Mark's got stuff coming, but Mark, you're sculpting for other producers and stuff as well. Then, you know, um, doing stuff for them. I, I'm assuming. Yeah, he's working on. Some Troy working on something for a cold, working on something. Oh, um, Monster Mansion or um, Bottle Mansion? Bottle <laughs> Mansion, yeah. Um, and um, what else? 
but the kit that I'm going to be doing with George, George Stevenson. Um, you know, it's it's a variety, and Paul and I have our own things. You know, and there's a that can change. We could say right now, yeah, we're gonna have, we want to have this thing out by April, and then the next thing you know, ah, we we decided not to do that. We're doing this instead. It, I like to keep everything, and and it seems Paul does too, a little bit free flowing for us. So mm-hmm. you know, I've got an idea for another line that hopefully will happen, but yeah, you never know. You know? And we we own his Frankenstein in the chair, and I can't tell you like I mean, people must hate me by now because I'm like maybe next month. <laughs> never happened. <laughs> Right over, Jeff's, right over Jeff's right shoulder there. Uh, yep. I know, I know Jeez. how much work it's going to be. I, I, and I'm getting lazy in my old age with this <laughs> bigger kits. I don't know. I mean, I'll do them. Mike, uh, what, oh, you got Millicent coming and then what? You, can you say? Um, well, nothing officially booked, but um, I've got one or two things that I want Jeff to do. Okay. We, we have talked about them briefly, but and, well, and I, I don't talk- like mentioning something unless it's actually yeah. booked in. So and, gotcha. and Mike, uh, you were gonna uh, you're gonna open the list here and give the information for the Millicent. Um, yeah, I think I, for- I forwarded the uh, the email address to you. So what, what I've done, I've actually set up a, a dedicated email address um, because I think it's going to be easier to keep track rather than you know four or five groups of people saying they want in because you know. People get missed, and then they go, oh, you know, I want it on the list of the Joe Bloggs has his kit, and I want it on the list. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Dude. So I try to figure out a way to be fair to everyone, um, something that's going to be simpler for me. So I just thought, you know what, I'll just set up an email address. If you want the kit, just ping me an email saying I'm in. And what I'm going to do after we open the, the list officially, the first 20 kits, Jeff did a, a fantastic little company, a company piece for Millicent, the little girl boy. So the first 20 kits, I'm going to include that for free, um, but it's going to be available for everyone. So the first 20 are going to get that. So the first 20 names that I see come through on email, they're going to get that. boy. Might as well just say 19 because I'll have access to the email too. first. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, the remaining 19. I won't do that. I won't take it away. But that's awesome. You, you've got McCready too. You're, yeah, McCready will be coming soon. Um, yeah, it's going to be a Jaeger Army exclusive. It's going to be number four. Um, so I sent Paul through all the bits and pieces for that. I, I did some artwork for that. I did the, well, Paul showed you the um, the little license for McCready. Yep. Yep. And you uh, sent me got, pictures. We'll put them up here too. Um, yeah, I did a certificate, which is kind of in the style of a, it's almost like a leaflet for the Outpost 31. It's like a, Hey, this Jaeger autograph is is getting less valuable because it's not everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Okay, <laughs> used to be you couldn't get that autograph. I, you know, I know, and now it's it's everywhere. You can't escape. <laughs> I, I said that we've created a Frankenstein monster. <laughs> I'll sign you right now. Stick your head forward. Come here. Yeah. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to revisit one question. Yes, sir. If it wouldn't have been the Bride of Dracula, it would have been like half the stuff I'm doing for Paquette right now, which I could not get my hands on. Bill was hard to get in touch with, but now that I'm kind of working with him, I have all those kids. Those were all my grails. Yeah. Some of the some of the, the Paquette stuff. Yeah, I, that Tomb of the Blind Dead full figure that he did. I I kicked myself for not picking that up a long time ago, and I'm waiting for that to come I, back. That's I want that. One. I, I have a crush on that guy. He's, 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 he's a man he's, crush. He's, 
I do. Uh, well, that's um, okay. I, plague I, zombie. The plague zombie. That's what I'm thinking of. There are those that yeah. say I have a man crush on Jeff because I have like 80 Jaeger kits now. And uh, oh, I love these guys. I, love Jason's I, I got personally like, think it's a sign of intelligence. I, really I thank you. Thank you. Jason, I think, is up to four now. Uh, I have more than four. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, and Jeff, you have the, well, they have the Jaeger Army um, Black Cat Companion piece coming. Yeah, I just finished that. Um, now I'm doing something for George. I'm doing the next four characters in the Star Trek uh, mini busts that I do for him. Um, I think we're up to, let's see, 12, 16. I think we're almost up to 20 pieces now. Wow. So, yeah, so I'm doing core and uh, that little baby character. Um, uh, 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 Ron, Ron Howard? Ron, Ron Howard's yeah. brother. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that is funny. No, you're doing a I Clint Howard that bust? That's awesome. Different. I am doing a I tiny exactly Clint Howard. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, we so got the Yanko Army Godzilla. We just got to get Oh, that's right. That's right. Done to it. Yep. Yeah, and then I'm doing a, something, a special something for these guys. For, I'm pointing at, at Paul and Michael right now. Okay. Uh, just a little something especially for you guys that no one else will have. Awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I noticed on this little set, Series 1. Yes, Can sir. you expect a Series 2 next year? Uh, yeah, you will. Um, I get a lot of requests for it. I'm not really sure which ones I'm going to do yet. So what, do you, what are your suggestions there, Scott? Oh, don't. No, 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 no. Because then he'll claim it was his idea. Don't do this. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to say because there's so many replacement heads out there. You know, so it's do you want to do another one that you've already done for someone? Um, no, I probably won't repeat any of those. But like there are lots of them I haven't done. I haven't done the Legosi Frankenstein. I haven't done the Karloff mummy. I haven't done yeah. a bunch of them. That, uh, and I, and I want to do some, I think, too, that 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 alter that don't necessarily uh require them to be like you you can use the the doctor from the mr hyde kit and mm -hmm. put different heads on him depending on like you could do the tarantula um character or you know i could right. i could you know do something that all it would take is a slight alteration of the model kit and to make it something totally different so i'm thinking about doing that kind of stuff too okay these were beautiful these are um yeah, these these were just beautiful. So, oh, good, good. Well, I look forward to people starting to put those out because it's going to be really fun to see what everybody does with, the, with those heads. Very cool. Scott, any other questions? Uh, yeah, real quick. Um, and, and I know we touched on this. So Paul's bought a 3D printer. Doesn't have a plan, but he's got a 3D printer. Zero plan, but a lot of ambition. Zero plan. Um, so, and, and he's... Talk to me privately about it. They're going to get ZBrush uh, from Mark and Jeff. You're looking at digital sculpting as well as a possibility, or uh, yeah, I think it's about time I start to do this. I mean, it's going to make my wife happy because there won't be clay all over our living room, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to be happy about that. And uh, yeah, I just need to get a tutorial. I mean, David Igo's got one, and uh, some other people have some out there, so I'll start to study up on how to do it. Okay. Mark, you're looking forward to it as well? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I've always told the story. I was a designer. You know, I, I did mechanical, basically, in the old days when you did it with wax and stuff like that. <laughs> and then we went digital, like 1990, 1989. And you know what? It wasn't that hard. 
and all that Photoshop and stuff like that. Cork Express was the program. So I figured this should be the same thing. Hopefully, yeah. I'm trying to stay kind of optimistic about that, that I should be able to latch right on to it. We, um, we created a room up there. It was my wife's creepy doll room. Like, she literally would go to flea markets and buy haunted dolls. It's it, yeah, exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> and um, we've gutted it. And um, now we made, we got a computer table in there. We got a computer on the way. We got, um, I got a small printer here. I haven't even tried it yet. And then we got the big one. We got spots for that. Uh, so yeah, it, when that happens, I'll take you guys on a virtual tour. Um, yeah. But uh, I want to see the death dolls or the creepy dolls. <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, they got dirt <laughs> on their face, the whole nine yards. One of them is holding matches. <laughs> wow. Well, well, you know what? Like, we'll do this in the future. We're gonna have everybody back on by themselves. And we kind of got this under our wings, and then we could do a little uh, studio tours and do that. It'd be really cool. Um, thank you all for coming on. This has been amazing, and it went a Mike, lot. Thanks for staying yeah, away. This is great, and yeah, it's what midnight now, eleven o'clock there. <laughs> well, um, we it's uh, well, it's only ten twenty-seven. Okay, yeah. Mike, what's the last model kit you built? Last one I built for uh, yourself. Play this game now. Okay, all we're right, gonna do that. Yeah, no, we're just asking oh. Mike. We'll just ask Mike. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Um, well, I, I think. think I think it was uh, Steve Wang's Guyver. <laughs> he said Wang. Steve's <laughs> <Really>? Wang. <laughs> Wang. Paul Steve and Mark, Wang's what's Guyver. the last model kit you built for yourself? I got, I got a Bigfoot, which you like. Um, the exist Bigfoot that's going to Lauren Coleman's museum. And oh, I'll cool. send you I'll... pictures um, cool. that you can post at the yeah, end. All right. I got to send that off to them. Um, yeah, that was fun. What was the last thing I did? Um, did I stay? Is it something I sent to somebody? Was it uh, Pennywise? It might have been a Pennywise. Okay. Um, I, I painted a few of my Pennywises. Um, yeah, it's very possible. I, I don't keep track because I don't get a chance to paint that often. Yeah. I'm in it's the middle tough. of a kit that I'm, I've been painting for two years, three years now. So Gotta it's finish it. <laughs> The uh, no, he wasn't. If he didn't sculpt, he right, would be and that's what I'm saying. Like Jeff, you don't have time to build or anything, do you, on your own? Uh, I don't paint anything. I mean, I I'm I'm looking around here. I I guess the last thing I built was the the, the Typhon Studios uh, uh, triple character uh, like three quarter bust. Oh yeah, there's it. Okay, okay. Bust, yeah, uh, I think that was the last one that I actually would consider that I built since it. You know, most of the most of the stuff Paul sends me, I just stick up on the shelf because it's you know <laughs> it's ready made. So I'm trying to focus. I'm not being weird. There we go. No, um, well, Scott, it's safe to say hasn't built anything. <laughs> well, I sometimes put the 3D printed stuff together and look at it. So um... <laughs> I vaguely remember seeing you paint something at Wonderfest. Like it was about 15 years, 12, 15 years ago, Scott. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, Maybe. it's coming out with some it's pretty been a while. stuff. What's the coolest printed thing you guys have seen? I oh, I mean, man. I guess there's that. I I don't know if that 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 uh, pumpkin head counts. I mean, I know it was digitally sculpted, I, but I guess it's not printed out. I come it across is. so many cool things that it's like I don't oh. even know where to start. There's so much stuff that's it because I'm more like I like more recent stuff than classic. So when I find, I'm like, oh my gosh, like. The cool thing about 3D sculpting, there's a show on Netflix right now that I absolutely love called Arcane. 
and it's an animated show and it's based on the video game League of Legends. And it, if I I want everyone to at least watch one episode because every frame, the way they animated it looks like a painting and it's gorgeous. And they, they there's already I've seen 15 STL sculptures of things from that show alone that I'm like, wow. oh, my gosh, there's stuff already for this instead of where you have to wait years for someone to say, oh, I'm going to sculpt this and then put it in a kit. And then like I could go on, I could go on a site right now and there's I could buy it today and have it in my house tomorrow. So it's like I just. I just done my first NFT. I don't know if I told you guys about this last time. You know what? I would like you to talk about that because we're going to have someone else on next month that I think is going to talk about NFTs, NFTs. And I know Scott has no idea what they are, and I know a very little bit about them. Um, so if you could talk uh, about NFTs, that would be great. The, the term NFT stands for non-fungible token. And it is uh, what, what uh, Bitcoin is to cryptocurrency nfts are to crypto art and so there was a company called macroverse uh and i'm trying to find the picture of it that hired me to do a character from a comic book that they have on their site that was called uh phobos and it's this sort of frankenstein-esque uh creation but instead but he was created chemically so instead of being having things sewn on him things grow on him and uh, I'm trying to find the, I'm trying to find the photo of it here. Give me a second. Uh, had, I, I sculpted the piece, and we had David Fisher paint it. And then what they do is they digitize it, and they make what are essentially digital uh, baseball cards, if you were, uh, except that you can turn it uh, on a pedestal, on a virtual pedestal, and have lighting effects. And uh, it comes with little movies about how I sculpted it and things like that. And so. Um, the company is going to drop it shortly after the new year. And, you know, these things, some of these things, you know, if they catch on, go for a lot of money. There'll, there'll be different uh, levels that you can buy it at. You can buy it at like the $40 level all the way up to, I mean, some of them go for two, dollars $300,000 for that. And then um, the really highly collectible versions also come with, you also get the, the hard copy. Um, and uh, this, is, this is what the sculpt looks like. Oh wow! <laughs> awesome. And, uh, the character's name is Benjamin Franklin, and uh, those those arms grow on him like hair, and he has to he has to take his one big arm and rip them out like he has to trim himself. <laughs> you know, it's a really great character. The, the, how is that it, so like, this how is, is that's, I want to get into that. I want to get into that a little bit too. So an NFT, you can't just give it keeps track of everyone who owned it, right? Right. Right. So you can't just like make copies of it. So it's like it's no. like it's like owning a piece of art, like a painting in your house, right. but it's right. on your computer. So right. most people are listening to this going, that sounds stupid. But in a way, it's really kind of cool because it keeps track. It keeps people. And this might be the way I think that digital sculptors are going to go. And this, I was having a conversation with this, uh, a guy who's going to come on that this will help pe keep people from copying and stealing things that if you allow like somehow get those digital files into an NFT format. It'll keep a list of everyone who's purchased that, who has it, where it came from, how much it's worth, that sort of thing. So it's a way to copyright and keep like thieves away from stuff. But as right. tracking. Yeah, nice and tracking it, way to do it. And they're all encrypted. I mean, you could take a screenshot of something like that, but then right. you just own an image. Right. Where this thing is three-dimensional. I mean, you, you can turn it and play with it and do different things with it. And it comes, it's an entire, it's like a movable uh, baseball card, you know? Yeah. And uh, uh, like you said, you, you will have, it, it keeps track of 
who owns it and who sells it and who transfers it. And, and uh, you know, the simple ones probably just have the pedestal and the lighting effects. And then there are ones that, you know, the higher you go, um, the more uh, uh, bit, uh, uh, bits you have per inch, the more um, features on it, the more movies that come with it. And it's uh, like a whole little package and you put it on your computer, like a, you can use it, you can have it on a loop, like a screensaver. Yeah, um, I was... You know, I the first time I had heard of him, it was an artist who was making nothing but NFTs as like a illustrator painter guy, and he was had made he was the first one to sell one for a million dollars or something like that, like crazy yeah. amount of money. And it's yeah. that's where they I were think like these little these little cartoon kitties that were yeah. going for a million dollars. Yeah, and, and it's all good until know. China hits us with the EMP attack, and then they're all gone. Yeah, but, right. but you know, well the thing is, I mean, you know. Everybody kind of laughed at crypto, and and now crypto is. I mean, there are entire countries that are yeah. operate on nothing but crypto. And with the things that are happening with all the the economies, I mean, it's you know, you can ask Mike. He's he's an expert. There, you know, the the digital currency is becoming, you know, a, a thing of the future. It's yeah. becoming things that. And there's people who found themselves nouveau riche because you know they bought Bitcoin, a thousand Bitcoin, at, you know, a dollar a piece when they announced what thirty five thousand dollars a piece mm-hmm. or something like that. So now people are buying fractions of Bitcoin, and yeah. um, but they have all this money and they don't really know what to do or how to invest it. And so NFTs are a way to uh, put your money places on things that will also grow because they will become more valuable because there's a limited number. Right. A huge, a huge part of the future of uh, crypto and NFTs. Um, you mentioned games there earlier, um, Jason. So... You've probably heard that Facebook have rebranded to Meta. Mm-hmm. So there's a, whole, there's a whole segment of the crypto world called the Metaverse. And so what you're going to have is you're going to have, um, say, for example, Call of Duty or whatever it might be. It's going to be have its own space within the Metaverse. And you're going to have all these other game platforms. And so within each game, you're going to have cryptocurrencies that are the in-game token. Mm-hmm. And then what you'll do... It, as you level up within games, as you normally do, you then own that character as an NFT. And so you can actually sell your avatar as an NFT. So this whole thing becomes an internal, it's another world within a world. And they've all got, as Jeff was saying, every, oh, this is all uh, stamped on the blockchain, which is where crypto lives. And so you get what's called a hash. And that's why it's, it can't be copied, it can't be transferred without someone's permission. Without Google's permission, every okay, time it is, we're we're going into a know. totally different conversation. But but remember yeah. when like uh, Activision when you I played Warhammer online all the time, but people play Warcraft, World of Warcraft, and you level up your character, and people would sell their characters, and that was you that could get you banned. So now they now they found a way to monetize that oh, and yeah. do that on their. Okay, I got you. <clears throat> Scott, you hmm. loving this conversation? Video games and computers. <laughs> I, you know what? Let's talk about Lord of the Rings, and we can all go to sleep. Mm. All right. <laughs> all right. Oh, this, this... No, no, no. That's my favorite. Oh, that part. Jesus, I want to my impression. Lord of the Rings is coming out. Hey, it's the twentieth anniversary right now of Lord of the Rings coming out. Fellowship. Oh, and the movie just ended this past week. Oh, you're an idiot. Okay, we're gonna end. Everybody, seriously. What, Mark? Harry Potter's at that stage, too. Yes, Harry Potter's right there, too. Yep. Wow. Wow. 20 years. 20 years. Thank you all for coming on. This has been amazing. And I wish everybody a great holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. 
Yule. Festivus. Festivus. <laughs> all that stuff. But Kwanzaa. seriously, this has been great. Thank you all for coming on, Paul, Mark, Mike, and Jeff. This has been just amazing. Thanks, Thank Susan. You. Thanks, Scott. Right. And then, yeah, you guys. we'll get all the plugs up, all, all right. the emails and all that stuff, and we'll be there. So everybody hang on. We're going to talk as soon as I press stop. All right, and we're back. Scott, how'd it go? I thought that went well. I think so, too. <laughs> I mean, especially for all the people we had on, I, I think yeah. it went well. And um, we kept it. Technically, we were in Ireland to California. So to have, like, I thought there'd be a lag of some sort, and there wasn't. So how cool is the internet these days? You'd never, like, this would have been an email fight forever back in the day. Or, like, like the old it's gremlins in fight? the garage. Email fight. Say email fight? Emails. Speaking of emails, you ready to go to emails and okay. voicemails? Sure. All right. If you would like to email the show, modelclubtv at gmail.com. That's how you send us anything you want us to talk about. If you would like to leave a voicemail, here's the phone number. 708-816-4299. Scott, we have zero voicemails this time. So you know what that no means? No one wants to talk to us. No one wants to talk to us. No one wants to talk to us. And that means I get to mumble through emails. Oh, joy. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, see, that's the problem. People, voicemails, please. Please. All right, here we go. I don't even have my readers, and I don't know where they are. So this is going to go extra better. From Phil. He sent in a bunch of Ray Harryhausen buildups, too, for the gallery. So check those out at the end. Uh, first, I want to apologize. Phil Kupka. First, I want to apologize for not sending in my usual email after episode 34. With a Thanksgiving holiday and a commission I'm working on, I just spaced out writing an email. Sorry to So to make up for lost time, this will be a lengthy email. Get your popcorn ready. I, I feel I can't read all of this. So um, I'm going to try and hit the highlights. Uh, Jason, you showed us a sneak peek of a kit which will feature your favorite genitalia. So I thought I'd just put a little sneak peek of sorts for a kit that as Saturn LTD is working up. If you love the mysterious island crab battle kit, the buzz is that Joe Simon and yours truly are sculpting another scene from the Harryhausen mysterious island film. I'm sure you will agree it will be one honey of a kit to add to your Harryhausen figure kit collection. So I think we kind of know what that is. Uh, before I continue, I'd like to comment on my favorite episodes of Model Club TV. Feature interviews with people that have been involved in the hobby for quite a while. Terry Webb, George Stevenson, etc. Not to say that the younger guys don't add a lot to the hobby, but I really enjoy reminiscing about all the fun we had over the years, the evolution of garage kits, friends we've made, hobby life before the internet, etc. Please keep trying to convince more of the pioneers of the hobby, John Dennett, Jan Danny Sirocco, Tony Hardy, Joe Ladotti, to come on the show. The episodes with these special guests are usually... The more lengthy ones, but they are again, in my opinion, the best episodes. Full, so, in a roundabout way, Phil doesn't like listening to just both of us. Which Phil is loves us. I don't like loves listening me. to me. But... He doesn't like you. Yeah, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Another thing I might add is if he you make you. it. What? He loves you. I know. I'm just kidding. Another thing I might add is that if you can can't make it to Wonderfest, 
or any of the other wonderful model shows, maybe because of the expense or distance or whatever the case might be, I encourage you to start forming your own local gathering of fellow modeler builders. Uh, I know COVID has been a real concern, but when you feel safe again, reach out to the people you know and start small. Back in 2015, I got together with three other guys and they started their swamp meet. So yeah, Phil, that's a great idea. I think people should reach out to people in their area and try and do that. We're going to try and do that again when it gets warm around here. Um, but I, I mean, it's tough. There aren't a lot of us. Uh, There's a lot of us. It's just tough to get everyone on. Yeah. Like I said, the guest interviews with listening to Terry Webb is always a treat. That guy has been around the hobby for quite a while. That's why he's so knowledgeable and has so many stories to tell. And this, his episode of Model Club TV proves my point. Social media has changed so many things in our life. Some good, some not so good, including our wonderful hobby. We are now down to only one model magazine, AFM, and that was more or less forced to go digital. Kudos to Terry and David for adapting and keeping the ball rolling. A lot was covered during the interview with Terry, and I'll try to comment on what he said. Concerning the quality of paint jobs and various other modelers' praise given or encouraging, as I stated, after all, it is a hobby. And though we sometimes have competitions, we're in the hobby for our enjoyment. So if someone posts a buildup of a kit they've done it isn't that isn't David Fisher caliber, should we tell them, encourage them with great job? Should we critique them or should we say, uh, not say anything? I try to tell myself, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. It's not my motto or Scott's. Uh, I used to build kits for someone who felt it was uh, his modeling skills could never do justice to these expensive garage kits. I firmly believe that more the more you do of something, whether it be building, painting, figure models, or doing anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And Terry's remarks about how we don't hesitate to go up to the counter and complain about food service when anybody does something well, give them a pat on the back. Good job. Selling, sculpting, producing figure kits. I agree with Terry. There are enough Frankenstein monster alien predators. Recently, gears have shifted a little, and we're seeing cartoon characters surface, much to Scotty's delight. And the popularity of 3D printing, we are seeing some really good original sculpts. Rob Madison's Maddie the Mad Mother. As for pricing of kits, George Stevenson once told me, price them affordable, and you'll sell more. Uh, Terry talked about the past Wonderfists and how in the early days, so many kits debuted at those shows with flyers on elevator walls telling of the new kits to be previewed in their rest. Those were the days. So thank you, Phil. All right. This one, this next email is from Raymond LeGrant, who you'll know this last episode. Raymond, thanks for covering my question in the last episode. Just a quick follow-up. Although the price of a kit is really determined by how much one is willing to pay for it, the question really boiled boiled down to the marketing a kit today. With all the avenues of the internet, 10 years ago, one was really exposed to new resin kits in AFM or select news forums. I know that Jason stated that the market has really shrunk in those 10 years, but I feel better advertising and exposure would sell more kits today. And with inflation, uh, one could charge more. Uh, Yeah, I think advertising is a big thing. If you get your stuff into new places, I think that's important. Like showing your buildups on miniature sites or places that normally wouldn't see them on the internet. I'm going to move this one. All right. This is from Kendall Conniff. Hi, guys. I've debated whether to write this because I didn't want to come across as a poor loser. I'd be a rich loser. After rewatching your Wanta Fest episode with Terry Webb, 
where he complained about IPMS snobs, I decided to share my experience. Last month, my local hobby shop, a Hobbytown franchise, held a model contest. Prizes included gift certificates to the shop, so I thought, what the hell, it doesn't cost anything to enter, and maybe I'll win a gift certificate. I hadn't entered a contest since 1994, so I decided to show my Bride of Frankenstein diorama, my Death Dealer castle, and my Land of the Giant snake. All of those builds you showed on your program at one time or another. I chose those builds because they had the most modeling and scratch building done to them, and I was also proud of their paint job. It looked like the contest was run and judged by members of the local IPMS chapter and a local car model club, but it wasn't an official IPMS contest. So I filled out the entry forms and was told to enter in their dioramas, which I did. There are lots of military entries, lots of cars, lots of sci-fi ships. There are even separate freaking Gundam and dinosaur categories. It also seemed like each category had several subcategories. Cars were broken up by scale, as were planes, tanks, ships, etc. Unfortunately, figures, horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, and anything else that didn't fit another category all got lumped together. There was no separate diorama category unless it was a military diorama, so mine were included with figures. There were a few anime girl resin kits, a cool Halloween Frankenstein resin kit, and a bunch of painted miniatures. So I'm hanging out with the judges. Uh, wait. So I'm hanging out with out while the judges were making the rounds, and I'm observing their interactions. I watched that they spent ten minutes going over four World War II ships, each with no long, each no longer than twelve inches long, looking at them from d- different angles, and even shining a flashlight over the surface like they were checking for nits. <laughs> Two guys standing near me were also watching the judges were undoubtedly going to. S- one, oops, sorry. Two guys standing near me were also watching the judges because it was their ships being judged. One guy was saying how he messed up the sheen of a decal and the judges were undoubtedly going to sink his ship. He ended up winning. <laughs> when they got to the tables with my entries and the other resin kits, they didn't spend more than a few minutes looking at the entries. I thought for sure I should win something because while the other entries were nicely painted, They were just straight-up builds with no customization. When they announced the first, second, and third place winner in my category, they all went to the same guy, a miniature painter. While I didn't enter... Wait, I didn't... Wait? Wait! I didn't enter a model con... I entered a model contest. Okay, for his first place mini required some assembly, but the others were just painted. The paint jobs were fantastically done and very impressive, so he deserved a prize but I'm disappointed that minis are allowed in a model contest and chosen for prizes over well-done kits. Every other category's winner displayed high levels of detailing and scratch building, but when they get to high horror sci-fi fantasy, they pick a paint job? What the fuck? Oh, wait. WTF. Then there were lots of trophies. The first place trophies were a generic star swoosh number one kind of thing that looked like they were leftovers from 93 like what they give the kids at a t-ball, dull, so I'm disappointed. I didn't win a gift certificate, but oh well, it was a fun experience. I doubt I'll ever enter another contest unless it is at a dedicated figure show like Wonderfest. I especially won't ever enter anything the IPMS even remotely involved in. Kendall. Kendall. So, I had a very similar experience (laughs) at a hobby town. So I wanted to go over that. So my dad 
races RC cars. Okay. And he does it. He used to do it at the hobby town a lot. And he said, Hey, there's a model contest. You should enter. I'm like, no, I don't want to enter. I don't want to enter. It's like, no. Cause I guess he goes over and talks me up over there as a painter and as a modeler. And I'm like, okay, fine. And I'm like, I'll go with my dad on a Saturday. He's like the contest is this Saturday. So I decided to bring my moon singer from Mark Newman. And it's, that came in four pieces, right? So it's not really a big model. It's mostly paint job. And first of all, I felt bad because when I walked in, I was like, oh, this, this, I was the only like monster. There was no other, I think there was one other slightly kind of figure kit thing. And then they said the judging was happening. And then the awards were like at three o'clock and I'm like, well, do I have to stay here all day or can I leave and come back? So my dad's like, well, let's just go and come back. So we left, came back three hours later. They had already judged everything. Everyone stayed there. And I ended up winning. This is from 2000. First place miscellaneous and best paintwork for Hobbytown for this contest. And they had no idea. Like the, my, the guy that my dad knew at the place, and this kind of fits into his, they didn't even want to give me anything. They were arguing over it. Because it wasn't a model. And he's like, well, what did he do? He just painted it. So that's why they did this paint award, I guess. But so it gets into a discussion of what's a model. Because some miniatures are like model kits and there's hundreds of parts. Others are a single thing and it's just a paint job. And that, but this even goes to Wonderfest when we talk about it as a judge when I was there. And you even, when you're there, you see it. What constitutes a model? Is it, is it a painting contest at Wonderfest? Is it a modeling contest? How do you treat these things separately? The ships are in the same contest. Like what, to his point, these guys just did paint jobs and he didn't win anything. And he created these giant dioramas and gets nothing. Like how does this break down? How, what's your opinion on this, Scott? I don't. And this is kind of why we did our contest to try and bring modeling back and kind of walk it back from just being a paint painting show, because a lot of guys just paint straight out of the box. And especially you'll see lots of busts entered at Wonderfest yep. and it's just a paint thing. So <laughs> what's your opinion here? I think this is a big, this almost to me is a whole show and I'd love to have some people on to do that show, but our thoughts. Well, first of all, I don't think the, people that are running these contests have any concept of the garage kid hobby or what goes into it. Exactly. I think okay. that, I think that's what Kendall, number one, you need to realize those guys have no idea what you're doing. No. So even if you do just a bust nine times out of 10, you're still doing some seam work on it. Maybe a little putty work here and there, filling an air hole, whatever. Okay. Um, so what constitutes a model? You know, right. I, that that's a, that's a good question. Um, and, uh, you know, what's more important, the building of the model or the painting of the model? And that's, that's really, yeah, it is two different things. Um, that being said, I, the fact that at Land of the Giant Snake didn't win anything. Right. That thing was just phenomenal. Okay. So I, I don't get that at all. Um. And I think it goes to what people don't know they stay away from. And this is one of the big problems why our hobby, I think, isn't growing is 
we're not reaching out to the miniature people. So the miniature people aren't seeing what we're doing. Okay. It, it's also specialized military, Gundam, hardware. And, and at Hobby Town, it is packed of Gundam. And there's also a ton of new anime model kits there too. So mm-hmm. they're, they're pushing, I know Hobby Town, they want to push what they're selling, number one. Sure. And number two, that's what a lot of people are into these days. The, the Aurora guys, the Land of the Giants, people that would build that snake kit, there's none of, like, there aren't many of those people. But yeah, I wonder huge. how many people uh, that judged his kit ever saw either Bride of Frankenstein or right. Land of the Giants. So unfortunately, um, you run into that as well. It's so hard. And like you say, even Wonderfest, okay, is it a model contest or a painting contest? And I guess if I had to pick one, I would say it's probably more of a painting contest, but you better know how to model. Yeah. Because in order to get a good paint job, you have to get rid of seams. You have to, you know, in sometimes some cases you customize or you do whatever you do. So it's, you're right. We could do a show about it. Be interesting to see the, the comments, you know, I mean, if it's more yeah, than comment two below, people, I'd love to hear people's model. thoughts, you know, uh, is if it's just one piece, is it still a model? You know, it, it, to me it is, but by definition, is it? Yes. You know, I, I don't think you need a model. Yeah. It's a scale representation of something else, which makes it a model, I guess. Um, It's a good point. But you don't see, I mean, just think Wonderfest. You used to see like crazy things that people scratch build, and now it's mostly Mm -hmm. out of the box kind of stuff. And I don't have a problem with out of the box But no, 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 no. Okay. Um, I recently talked to someone that's building the uh, Atlantis, the Godzilla reissue from Aurora. And he's just bitching about the seams on that thing. What a horrible kit it is. And it really is. I mean, you really have to alter the look of it to get rid of all the seams in that kit. What, what saved me on plastic model is plastic welder. Is that, that Plastrux bottle with the little brush that lit. If I would have known about that, I would have been doing plastic models forever. Because before, you're just using the tester's glue. That's what always ruined me on I'm like, this looks terrible. But that stuff hides the seams so well, and you just do a little bit of sanding, and it disappears. I love that stuff, and it just it works so well, rather than just your typical tube of test. Put a photo of it up here. We'll- yeah, I will put it up. But it's great stuff. Um, so yeah, I really I think this I, we'll have to think this through. I think that's a great episode by itself. And I, I know we had a watcher subscriber that was local. Um, that was going to Orland Park hobby town and invited us to come if i remember right that's where i got mine that's where dude i felt so bad that day (laughs) and if he's still out there give us that information maybe we'll pop in and uh check it out Mm -hmm. um i think it might be greg is it greg i don't don't know if it's greg greg's farther north i think okay um which brings me to greg's greg damian sent us two emails he sent us a ton of pictures he goes i'm attaching images you can show if you want of an old 1998-99 garage kit catalog from Village Comics in New York. Interesting to see so many different kit producers in this catalog 
with tons of kits that are no longer in business. What I find interesting is that the prices for kits and bust pretty much are what they are today. There is even an ad for... I'll leave that out. Of all the kits in the catalog... The kit that was mentioned last episode. Yeah, we... Terry got... um. There was some controversy. And we'd love to have anyone on to rebut a Terry story. Um, if you'd like to do that, that invitation is out. Um, of all the kits in the catalog, there's maybe two or three I would find interesting. All there, there's a meh. I think you guys are having a table at Wonder. I think you guys having a table at next Wonderfest will be pretty cool. Maybe a live show over the weekend. Looking forward to the next show. Yes. So we're working on that. And as far as the live show goes, that depends on the quality of the internet connection we have. We'll see how, I don't know. We're gonna have to work that out. But Scott, yeah. you want to comment on any of the prices? Um, I can't really see the prices. Well, I can and I can't. If so, okay. but right away on that first page, that Thanos bust in the upper left-hand corner, I had that at one point. And it was okay. The casting was a little rough. And But I remember, again, as things progress, uh, you sell things. And... You know, there's the Reservoir Dogs kit there, and I remember there's still people out there looking for that. Yeah. Um, and then you go into the next page, and I'm not doing this in any specific order uh, or for any specific reason, but there's John Tucky's uh, Agent X and um, a couple of uh, Coop kits, and I'm sure were Barsoms at the time. Juniper kits. I was just having a talk with Rick Evans about those the other day. And so I remember those. Uh, the Spectral Motion kits, those were big. The uh, Gray Zone. Everything's there gray in the zone. Gray Zone. Gray, gray Zone. Gray Zone. I have Is that uh, Gremlin skull upstairs. Like, Do you? Sitting on my okay. scotch. It's in my scotch cabinet. <laughs> um. Atomic Thomas Koontz and and that stuff's there. That's a great little uh, blast from the past. Some seller cast stuff, yeah. Monsters of Motion, Geometric. You know, there's that, Nagel, that Mick uh, Jagger kit, and uh, yep, there's some posthumous uh, rock and roll kits that Terry mentioned last episode. Um, just and future. There's some the... future stuff in there, which just Anis. You, know, you have Netherworld future. Yeah, so there's some good stuff here for sure. Um, I probably had this catalog at one point. Yeah. So we'll just, that slideshow was up and cool stuff. Uh, he also sent us one more email. Hey, you guys. Uh, I thought I'd drop you another line and again reiterate how much I really enjoy what you're doing. I do think it does add a lot to the collecting hobby in a more personal form other than what Facebook has to offer amongst other venues. As for length, I have no issue with long episodes as long as it's entertaining and informative or informative which for the most part, it has been <laughs> for the most part. Uh, even though I am not into 3D printing, I find the process and the ability to create your own kits at home quite interesting. I, for one, will not delve into it because I know I would get so bogged down in the process and the ability to create on the fly. I would never get anything built or painted. That's kind of my problem right now is I'm loving printing in that process that I've. Yes. I uh, love the interview with Terry. I could listen to his stories ad infinitum. Uh, I think all you need to do is give him a topic and just sit back for several hours and let him go. 
I think you need to have him on every three shows. So I, I emailed him back after this and said, no one else gets to deal with, he's great on the show, but then you have a three hour phone call before, after the week before talking about what you want to talk, what's going on. What's, how's this, how'd it go? (laughs) And then I get that phone call. You get that phone call. And if we did it every other three, my life would be over. So, Uh, but I love talking to Terry. I love Terry, (laughs) but try to get off the phone with Terry is a, is a, even though he called us idiot asshole friends. (laughs) I still have that written down here in my, (laughs) the book of grudges. Yeah. Terry is on page one. Yeah, right after you calling me co-host Dickhole earlier today, too. But well, no, I would be behind that. Co-host Dickhole. <laughs> uh, I would go to shows and totally enjoy talking and being in the hobby, buying kits, and just talking to others, but never building or painting anything. I did have a plan that it, that and that was to wait until retirement to build and paint, which I am doing now. That only lasted until the mid nineties when my interest waned. And I think it was for me, the lack of interesting kits or badly sculpted kits. I could not see spending money on garbage. I think it was time where everyone thought they could sculpt and produce kits that would sell. Unfortunately, someone forgot to tell these people that they had no talent. Wow. Ouch. Luckily, we still have Jeff Yeager, Jesse Garcia, Mark Van Tyne, and others who are wonderful artists. And now with 3d printing and digital sculpting, there are more artists creating quality work. I have no issue throwing money at at all. And I will that I wanted to read that because I agree. I think the quality of kit has improved so much in the last few years that mm-hmm. the, the lack of kits is made up by the quality of what is out there. And I think the people we had on today prove that. Um, and it's I, as down as I am on the hobby. Sometimes there are huge shining bright spots and i i really think like they well, need to and be understand about. back then that's all you had sometimes so sometimes you had a frankenstein kit that was was cool it was a cool concept maybe but it wasn't executed the best and but the, it was and part still of that, cool the execution was you you were limited by the materials you had too yeah like monster clay didn't exist 15 years ago like that stuff that people have now People were just learning how to use wax in the hobby. Most people were sculpting with that horrible sculpty. And it's like, things are just. I think some people still sculpt with that horrible sculpty. Yeah. No, I'm I'm talking the pink horrible stuff. Is that what Jeff uses? Or does he use the gray stuff? We should have asked. Yeah, we should have. Next time. Next time. Um, But that's it, Scott. That's all the emails I got. Nothing from our friend, Mr. Clark. Nothing from Clark. I think you finished him. I think you got him. Uh, well, so no, that's not true. He messaged me. I got a message from him. Let me read the message. Okay. So Mr. Clark sent me a text message while I was at work. Cause he's also a teacher. <laughs> Brother. I was watching the new episode on my smart board during lunch break. The bell rung as huge head held up the sign. Kids came flying in. I moved like a panther. Too funny. You guys cracked me up. <laughs> oh, his students were going to see this. That's what he gets. <laughs> That's what he gets. I love you. You're in the ring with a professional. You're going to get hit hard. Okay. Uh, That's all I'm going to say. 
So we'll sign off with this. Everybody have a great holiday. Uh, be nice to each other. Hopefully everyone gets something cool. And we'll see you right before New Year's. Happy holidays, everyone. Should we get drunk on air? No, you don't drink. Maybe no, I will. We should do Festivus because I have a lot of grievances to air oh, with you. Oh, the airing of grievances. That's a great idea. What a great idea for an episode. Yeah. Can we, yes. Can I we do did oh, that last week? Oh, man. Can we do Feats of Strength, too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time, right before New Year's Eve. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Yule, which is me. My fire is coming up. I got it. Anyway. See you later, everybody.